0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Man, it's been crazy, huh? <laughs> Yesterday was pretty wild. Everybody's yelling at me. Got people tweeting up a storm. For those that have, didn't hear, we got got pretty heated in the members segment. Man, it was uh, so. Yesterday, we had Ari, the rugged man, and um, you know, I, we worked it out. We hugged it out. We got heated. There was some yelling. There was some standing up and slapping stuff, and that was all in the member segment. A lot of people just did not understand what happened. They thought it was on YouTube and it got deleted. It was never on YouTube. It was on Timcast.com, and that was the biggest member segment we've ever had. It, and, and I mean like a hundred times bigger than anything we've had before, which is crazy. It's bigger than Alex Jones, and it overloaded our site, but uh, it was crazy. And we'll talk a little bit about that in uh, in the show today. But I don't like getting carried away into the drama stuff. But I, I do think there's so much misinformation already about what happened, and we should talk about how we felt about how things were going, like what was going through our minds and stuff as uh, things got pretty heated. But I mean, I I don't know. I didn't think I, I didn't even really think it was that big of a deal. I was like, man, wow, you know, crazy. But apparently, a lot of people. Like daily dot wrote this ridiculously fake article. <laughs> Great. And there's really there's something really interesting about what the Daily Dot wrote. They wrote that uh, that I, I called Ra a racist prick, and then they go on to say that Tim Pool is white. And I thought about that, and I'm like, if I'm a quarter Korean, you know, two generations of mixed race families, but I am definitively factually white, and I'm like, that would be a really interesting precedent for their ideology as it pertains to all mixed race people. You know what I mean? But we'll talk more about this. The bigger news is that Nick Sandman settled his defamation suit with NBC for a confidential sum, which sounds like it's probably a decent amount of money. Might not be as big as many people think, but, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at that. We got President Biden apparently calling Kamala Harris President, President Harris. Again, we got MSNBC saying Ron DeSantis' anti-woke bill is, what is it, in, in codifying white supremacy or some other stupid trash. You know, man, it's Friday. How about we just chill, have a good time? we got a bunch of people hanging out. We're hanging out with Olivia Rondo. How's it going, man?
3: I'm so happy to be back. you got to pull up your mic. Oh. And talk up. <laughs> speak up. Speak okay, up, okay. Please. There you go. Hi. I'm so happy to be back. Perfect. <laughs> so what do you do? Who are you? Um, I'm Olivia Rondo. I'm a journalist, and I consider myself to... you got to get the mic real quick. Oh, okay. Right. right up. I'm turning you up. There all, right, there all right, all right, all right. Journalist and liberty activist. You may have seen me... Um, we're talking Letty to oh, the limo. Okay, he's have- signaling. He's Turn you <laughs> up. Okay. there we go. There we uh, go. Recently, I've been on Kennedy on Fox Business a lot. You may have seen me on there or an HBO talk show called Pause with Sam J. I was also on there this year. Perfect.
2: Sweet.
4: Thanks for coming.
3: Thank you. You were here before
2: <laughs>
4: too, though. We yeah. got Shane Cashman. What's up? I'm uh, the writer and host of Tales from the Inverted World. We just put out our first book, Volume One, close in close contact with uh, ghosts. Simulation theory. Look at that. Um, there's a book. Editing. Go down a lot of rabbit holes. Look at a lot of weird stuff. That's it was awesome. fun. I'm happy to have it out. So you can go to uh, invertedworldbook dot com and get your copy right now. pretty this stoked is, to have it out.
2: This is some. Someone messaged me and they were like, "Wow, congratulations on starting a publishing house." And I was like, "I don't. Is that what it is?" That's I was just. We like, are now surprised. Right. I was <laughs> like, I was like, "Hey Shane, can you make a book?" You're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right." And we Yo. have a book. <laughs> Boom.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, and then there's Luke, and uh, surprise, God, it's I, Luke. I, I'm still here. <laughs> Luke <laughs> apologized to me a couple times. Uh, I was like, because because like people don't understand. Like I, I I knew RA for like a number of years now, and I'm like, this would be a great opportunity for everyone to come together and to talk. And I thought it was going to go a lot different than mm. it would. And yeah, it was, it was a little crazy. I know I did talk about, uh, you know, starting a fight club at the house, but, but that kind of How escalated really How quickly. How, it was a joke. Actually. It, was, like, it, it was a joke. But Luke, but Luke like, was
2: talking about bringing like a personal trainer for people. Yeah. yeah. No, we, no, no I did. No, no, no. I did. Oh, I hired man. a
5: jujitsu <laughs> trainer for the house. Jiu-jitsu. It's in the latest vlog. <laughs> you mm-hmm. could actually watch our latest kind of, uh, exercise. Everyone in the house was participating in. We're going to be doing this weekly and now, uh, practicing and studying jujitsu in the house. Not because of what happened last night, but because this was an initiative that we talked about doing for a very long time. Now we're doing it. So I'm very excited about that. I'm already working on I'm not that guy merch. Uh, sarcastically, <laughs> I'm not, you know, obviously. But anyway, today's merch that I'm wearing right now is, I would say, right on the nose. If you get it, you get it. Some people will not understand right. it. But if you will, it sends a very strong political message and you could get yours on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And then when you do, you support <laughs> me. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was wild last
4: night. <laughs> it was like Thanksgiving dinner. It usually was. Usually at my house. Yeah. It yeah.
2: was. Yeah. Right? I thought it was, exactly thought it was like a really,
5: really good show. I think
2: what people don't realize is you gotta have people who disagree with you. You can't just... Of course. Absolutely. And, and not everybody's gonna articulate the way you... It's, it's not gonna be some like two smart people you know, or, or intellect, intelligentsia types just sitting there being like, "Well, I humbly disagree, sir." Yeah. Like sometimes, it's like people just saying, "You're wrong," "I disagree," "I think you're dumb," "I think you're a liar." This, this is the way things go, man. Do you yeah. think
4: he'll walk away and question how he acted yesterday and like think differently about his uh, his perception of the world? I don't know. I don't know. I hope
2: I don't so. Know either I do. I, I I I look, man. I think he's racist. You know, but we'll we'll talk about this because we got a segment that talks a little bit. We got a couple segments actually talking about this. And it, I'll just, I'll just say one thing on this before we get started. It was weird to me that my stance was when I was little, my family got, my, my family home was, was attacked by white supremacists and he, the guy who's supposed to be opposing racism was, was the one laughing about that and saying, so what? I don't care. Mm. So I'm like, you really don't care. Like, how is it that I'm the guy saying white supremacists are bad? And he was the one laughing saying, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Projecting. But we disagree. We disagree. And, that, and that's, that's, that's fine. I, I don't got any beef. You know, I, I disagree with him. Yep. Anyway, Lydia's yep. here pushing Yeah, buttons. I'm also
6: here. It is true that you have to meet people where they are, and they're not always going to articulate in the way that you would like them to. I do love that we're able to bring people on and have these challenging conversations because I don't know that people believe that people really think this, and people like him do. So it's worth uh, learning about and continuing to grapple with.
0: Don't
2: forget, as Shane mentioned, you can go to invertedworldbook.com and pick up your copy of Timcast Media's first book, first of many. Shane's already got plans and working on the next book, which is amazing. And I think the next one's going to be even better. But you can pick up Tales from the Inverted World, Close Contact with Ghosts, UFOs, Serial Killers, and Simulation Theory, Volume 1 in paperback at InvertedWorldBook.com and become a member at Timcast.com. Help support our work directly. And, uh, we greatly appreciate it. If you want to see exactly what happened in the episode yesterday, which, you know, everybody was going nuts about, it. I was trending on Twitter. It was huh. nuts. Um, that's the latest members-only segment with uh, RA, the Rugged Man, and you can check it out and and make you know, think for yourself, decide for yourself how you feel about it. But that was the biggest members-only segment we've ever had in less in in about twenty in less than twenty-four hours, over a thousand comments on it. The views there were so much there was so much interaction on it that it overloaded our site, and we have like hefty servers. So mm. check that stuff out. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's talk about this first story. Ah, oh, the media. The fake news, Nick Sandman settles defamation suit with NBC for confidential sum. Another slanted liberal news outlet has felt the sting of justice, according to Newsbusters. In a Friday evening tweet from the defamed man himself, former Covington High School student Nicholas Sandman announced that he had settled his defamation suit with NBC News for an undisclosed amount of money. With little fanfare, Sandman posted the tweet reading, At this time, I would like to release that NBC and I have reached a settlement. The terms are confidential. Sandman sued NBC for over 250 million dollars. I don't. I do not think he got anywhere near that. But I certainly think this kid is going to be pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now I bring this up, and that and that's the gist of this story. Many of us know the history of of, of Nick Sandman and the Covington kids. But I wanna I wanna wrap this back into kind of the, uh, the the current situation around what happened on this show and everything, and just say, you know, when I'm having a conversation with someone and they're obstinate but their worldview is based on media lies, you need to look at the Nick Salmon case, you need to look at the Justice Smollett case, you need to look at Gate, and you can start to understand why these people
5: are trapped in this broken worldview that makes no sense. Yeah. Or even the Iraq war or the banker bailout. I mean, there's so many things that the corporate media... You know, spread lies about that were completely, absolutely not true at all. So this is, this Sandman case is is a very important case because this is his third win. He has six lawsuits in total. One of the first major wins was, of course, against CNN that now I, I think should have a reputation of hurting children. Mm. I think there's an epidemic literally going on of CNN (laughs) hurting children (laughs) in so many unspeakable ways. Veritas released the name, too. Yes, yes, yes. And and then there's a number of producers. There's also Jack Posobiec, who claims that CNN was hiring... This first producer that did unspeakable things to children for over a year, knowing that the FBI had data on him that he was doing very illegal things to children. Again, family-friendly show here, so we're not going to be talking about that. But but, but again, CNN, there's an epidemic going around, and it's not good for children. Well,
2: CNN has two producers, but they're two high-level producers. It was a guy working with Cuomo and a guy working with Tapper. Mm. That to me right away, I'm not gonna come, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's enough for me to be like, clearly CNN is a gigantic, you know, crazy, but I would be like, I think it's time to actually do a deep investigation, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe subpoena some, some, some devices, because if you've got two in this short amount of time that just popped out, and they're both at the top level shows. Mm-hmm. I think CNN, I think the law enforcement, I want to start asking questions Tim, about Tim, who's working there, what they're doing. Tim, two that we know about.
5: Right. What that, that's what I mean. Don't exactly. we know about? And then that's I, what I'm saying. Get and, then, in there. and then I was making a reference to, of course, Sandman because Sandman also sued CNN and won successfully after CNN also hurt him when he was a child. Right. So again, I was uh, being a little hyperbolic, a little sensationalistic there. But, uh,
4: I'm happy to see Sandman get the settlement. I would kind of want to see, like, an apology from the outlets. Mm -hmm. You know, I want them to come out and be like, we broke your worldview, we fractured reality, and we're we're taking account, but it'll never happen.
3: We lied. We slandered a literal child. We slandered (laughs) a a teenager for political propaganda purposes, but, you
1: know.
4: Here's some money on the side.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And only to him. We're not going to get anything satisfactory. The lie
2: travels halfway around the world before the truth can strap on his boots. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, because there's people still roaming the world who believe in the false reality from the beginning, like the Rittenhouse thing.
2: I mean, that's, I believe, what was the catalyst for what happened last night. For sure. You know, we, we had a dude here who was adamant in his belief about a false reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, I think collectivism versus individualism plays a huge role in all of this stuff. Yeah. But I think, as I often say, it's not left versus right. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Like Vosh, for instance, he had a segment with, with a decent take on what happened the other day. But he called me a conservative, and, an, uh, and, and by nature then, if you're conservative, you're racist – and then i literally say abolish the police on the clip and he's like and he goes thank you tim and i'm like i don't understand how you could claim and there's, there's anything conservative about wanting to abolish the police libertarian mm-hmm. anarchist or whatever but that's why i often say that what's really going on which is exemplified by the by the sandman thing is sandman sandman thing there there are the people who know who are discerning who are looking for facts and evidence and there are the people who don't and just believe narratives mm. and so when it comes to Kyle rittenhouse they they are still wrong to this day. When it came to Nick Sandman, Bill Maher came out a week after the retractions right. and said BS info, yep. and I was like, "Bill,
1: doing you bad. had a week." Yeah,
2: I, I he's getting sued too, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. I, B- Bill, I don't look, either. man, I like Bill Maher for you know because because he pushes back on this stuff. But mm-hmm. it's like Bill Maher is so close to getting his head out of the sand.
5: He's so close, but he's yeah. not quite there.
4: I love seeing his audience. Be hesitant to clap sometimes. Yeah, it's one of the best things. But they're
5: scared, not hesitant. They're scared, they're really scared. and terrified because he, he sometimes like he, he's not the best, but yeah. but sometimes he drops a truth bomb that that wakes everyone up, being like, wait, 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 hold on. He, he's supposed to be telling us the narrative. Yeah. We're supposed to clap. <laughs> you know when the sign tells us to clap, <laughs> and they're like, oh, is this acceptable? And they're kind of looking around yeah. here because uh, he he does land some punches, but for a sure. lot of the if, times he does a lot of bidding for the establishment. If Most any time. one of these people just read. Bill Maher doesn't. Yes. That's why when it came to like
2: critical race theory stuff, Bill Maher was kind of like, well, if they're teaching kids this, that's bad. If they're teaching that, then it's good. And it's like, Bill, why don't you just know? read <laughs> one article and you can say it's bad. Oh but what ends up happening is, you know, a big portion of what we end up fighting over, especially yesterday, was critical race theory being banned in schools is stopping the teaching of racism. And it's like, that's, that's, that's not at all what any of us are upset about or worried about. Mm-hmm. But... That's what they hear on TV. People like Bill Maher, who are supposed to be the opposition, regurgitate that talking point from bad actors. And then they think we're the ones who are making it up. When we, you know, when it came to Kyle Rittenhouse, that's what really kicked off everything the other day. I'm like, we've had seven different witnesses to what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse on this show. I do not base my opinions off of like watching a random Twitter video from, you know, some leftist progressive. Mm. I was like, I want to see the people who were there. Tell me what happened. Yep. And then we get that we get that information, and I base my opinions off that. Yep. But if you base your opinions off of how CNN framed it, then you're going to be getting sued when you talk smack against people like Nick Sandman.
5: Absolutely, and the facts matter here, and your words matter, and that's why you should always be careful. And if you you know if you make a mistake, you should issue a correction. A lot of these newspapers, a lot of these news organizations don't have anything holding them accountable. They publish a retraction maybe on page seventeen, maybe in a little byline. But the 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 buildup, especially when it came to the war in Iraq, when it came to Russia Gate, had huge impacts on our daily lives that impacted us negatively. That hurt people, that killed people, that literally created some of the worst scenarios that destroyed any elements of truth and honesty in our society. And and they were still never held responsible for a lot of those bigger lies. So it's good to see, on a personal level, some accountability. But we still have to remember, by and large, the corporate media has a long criminal past with some very disgusting behavior that they still should be held responsible for, but they haven't. I think, you know, Ian says this a lot. He's not here tonight. He's on vacation for he's the holidays. Vacation. But he's But he
2: says a lot. Of, all of this started breaking apart when 9-11 happened. I think he's right. Mm. I think, you know, after 9-11, you get uh, the Patriot Act. You get the Iraq War, the war in Afghanistan. You 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 got this this Matrix narrative that started. It it, it just started changing things. And then you get. I, I, I mean, to be completely honest, it may have actually even been the 2000 election, mm. how contentious it was. But I think the authoritarianism that popped out of after 9 11 really changed how, how how we 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 live and work and view law
7: enforcement authorities. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Then you get this, this cultural back and
2: forth it escalates to the point where we end up with how social... I, I, talk, I talk about how social media manipulation became a big, prominent thing. But I believe that there was a major, like, fracture in the timeline
5: around nine eleven. Yeah. And 9-11 brought in that fear... That translated to political power for the intelligence agencies and the government uh, secret agencies that profited off of it in so many different ways, whether it was insider trading. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty. I don't want to get into the details here, but I would argue that what happened after 9-11 was trauma based mind control. Literally, people were shown thousands of people dying all at once. And then blaming other people in other countries who had nothing to do with it, saying, they did it, they did it, they killed your friends, they killed your family members, they could kill you next. And they used that fear, that psychological warfare against the general public to say... Just give us a little bit of your rights. Just give us a little bit of your free uh, privacy. And, of course, it started with, with you know just reasonable asks, and then it became more unreasonable, more crazy, more sinister, to the point where now the NSA knows almost every little thing you do. They track, trace, and database your activities. There's a secret social credit score that no one even wants to talk about. We're living in a database now where you need government permission to go to the supermarket in some places in the United States, and that is absolutely insane, draconian, and crazy. And it all started... I would argue some people would argue it started even way before that but I think the the larger kind of Uh, snowball effect started on nine eleven and it kept rolling in this kind of trajectory of just give up your rights for your greater good for the benefit of humanity no 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 that's the biggest lie sold to people all throughout history and it always leads to tyranny and I think that's where where we're at right now
3: I talk about this a lot because imagine how it is for the generation Z that have grown up after 9-11 I'm going to date myself here I was 8 months old on 9-11 okay so I grew up I didn't know a time before the Patriot Act I didn't know a time before Tia say I didn't know time before Department of Homeland Security you know I grew up my dad worked for the Dep- Department of Homeland Security so I grew up just very comfortable with authoritarianism with tyranny um, I didn't understand, like, even, um like, you know, back before 9-11, you can, like, walk up to the gate with your family to, you know, drop them off. I thought that was a movie trope. I didn't know that was an actual <laughs> thing until I was, like, in at least middle school or high school and like, actually learned about TSA and 9-11. And so I think we have to really target Zoomers, because I'm a Zoomer. And I know how to talk to Zoomers and, and actually, like, really drill this into their minds because they don't even realize how comfortable with the government overreaching their lives. like they, don't, they just don't even understand it. It took a long time for me to understand it, and I still can't even understand it because I don't I don't know what it was like before. Yeah, it's but I can dimension. read about it, and I can learn yeah. about it. I can try to educate myself about it, but that's something we, we really need to talk more about with the younger generation, I think.
2: This is what I, I've been saying about with the metaverse, that the younger generations, like the kids born today, are going to grow up into the metaverse and be like, I don't know a world without it. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, you don't know the world before all this stuff. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're doing it increment at a time, These, these, these cronies, they stay in office for 80, you know, for 60 years or whatever, and then they implement that as generations move on. 50 years people are gonna be microchipped, and they're gonna be like, I don't know a world without the Neuralink. I, I I've only ever known the
5: metaverse. The metaverse will be there for the next lockdown. Yeah. What yeah. You, you don't need a high social credit score to the, to go to the supermarket. <laughs> oh, you don't well, need to well, pledge your <laughs> allegiance to the corporate technocratic overlords before buying your Snapple. <laughs> when they oh, when they, they first locked everybody down, when we were in
2: New Jersey, they said, "Don't go outside unless you absolutely have to." And so you, they they weren't going to arrest you or ticket you, but they were like stay-at-home orders. So I had you know in our backyard we had big open space. I put on the Oculus. And I went to. Go- they have a Google Maps app where you can go all over the place. Yeah, it's fun. Mm. And the craziest thing was, you know where I went? You know where I went when I put on those those Oculus in New Jersey? Your neighborhood? Here.
6: Yeah. Oh, here.
2: Yeah, I went here. I went to Harper's Ferry. No oh. way. And I, I I crossed the bridge and I was going through the neighborhood. And then we started trying to figure out where to go. And I was like, let's go here. So I was actually wearing the headset, and you can like look around on Google Maps and like move forward. You click and you move forward. And it was crazy to me that everybody's, I'm like, everybody's locked in these cubicles and they're little garbage, little studios. I bet tons of people have this and they use it to like calm down. Yeah. One of the craziest things about it, and I think we're going here. If, if I, I, I'm sure a lot of you guys have the Oculus. There's a theater mode where you put them on and you turn on a movie and it you. It, it's a giant theater screen in front of you and you can move your head and there's a movie theater right in front of you when you're watching movies and the sound coming in your ears perfectly. That's where we're going. That's great. You're gonna, and it's gonna be. They're doing linked, you know, things now, like experiences. You're gonna be sitting in your chair in your, you know, two hundred square foot bachelor pad. I need to correct you. Yeah. You're gonna
4: be in your pod.
2: You're gonna be in your mm, pod. Yep. <laughs> yes. yep. This is like I will not be those, in the
3: pod. I will not, <laughs> not eat the eat bugs. The I will <laughs> not watch movies on the Oculus. Are those the pods they're three D
4: printing in Switzerland?
3: Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's also a lot of maybe
4: pods, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> ready to go.
2: Yeah, but but you'll you'll like, Hey guys, you wanna go to the movies? and you'll put on your Oculus, you'll go into the metaverse mm-hmm. and you'll be like watching Spider Man with your friend sitting next to you and you'll look to your left and you'll see their little like carrot avatar and the guy in front of you is like a rabbit and the guy behind him is a duck and then someone's a a, a caricature of, you know, Mickey Mouse or something. Hmm. I think uh, you a know consider. a lot of
5: people say the, the matrix is a documentary for for a very specific reason because when you look at essentially what they're calling for especially with the World Economic Forum with a lot of very powerful globalists living in a pod being connected to the virtual road uh, virtual world and then having paste bug paste and bug juice and this artificially GMO created taste given to you as, as artificial meat. That that's literally, you know, what what was happening in the Matrix with people in their little pods being used as bubbles, being used as batteries, literally being plugged into the virtual ro- world and I think someone, probably someone like top tier globalist either inspired the Matrix or saw the Matrix and was like I want that. We're going to make that happen.
4: What a dream. Yeah. You'll have nothing in the real world, but everything in the metaverse. Mm -hmm.
5: Exactly. You all nothing and you'll be happy. You'll have no privacy. And and that's essentially what they were calling for. They deleted uh, that article so people can't pull it up right now. But when you look at the article, when you look at a lot of their papers that they released, they essentially write the blueprint for what could be described as the matrix, as you living in a pod, being their source of energy, their their battery, for their own personal enjoyment and benefit. Living in their world that they fully control. Control.
2: And it's. I feel like the first seed of that is media manipulation, mm. right? We, that's why we joke about how these people are in a cult. They're they're in the matrix. Like nah, eventually, they're going to be in the matrix, and they're going to gleefully clap and cheer as they enter it. Which people told us in the super chats that's ac- that's actually Matrix canon. In I guess the Animatrix, humans chose to enter the matrix in exchange for a paradise, but then the robots were like, it doesn't work, people don't want it, and then, like, switched it up on them. Whoa. Let's let's talk about MSNBC. Let's keep it going with the fake news. <laughs> we got this from Newsbusters. Another story. Insane. MSNBC host thinks DeSantis wants to codify white supremacy by banning critical race theory. Aww. MSNBC is known for its insane and vile commentary, which occurs on an almost daily basis. But this one might be the craziest comments this week. During a segment on MSNBC's The Beat with Ari Melber, fill and host Jason Johnson discussed Governor Ron DeSantis, his support of a, of a bill that would ban critical race theory in public schools. Johnson claimed the proposed legislation titled Stop Woke Act is DeSantis' new effort to codify white supremacy for political gain. But what does white supremacy mean? See, this was one of the, the big issues that occurred. One, one of, one of the points of contention for the episode we did with, uh, with R.A., the rugged man, was that I don't think even he knows his own definition of white supremacy. And a lot of people don't. Typically, the cultural right believes white supremacy to mean someone who believes they are genetically superior based on their race or the ideology of that. But the leftists, critical race theorists, believe white supremacy literally just means dominant culture. So when the left says white supremacy, they're referring to the fact that most people in this country are white. That's it. So they'll say things like, uh, when, when they say you know uh, Hollywood is is a white supremacist institution, what people on the right hear is that they're accusing people in Hollywood of of believing they're genetically superior based on race. What the left is saying is that it's a it's an institution created by white people that mostly benefits the majority, uh, the, the the largest you know race like majority race in the country. Because of this, you end up with stories like this. They make no sense. So when uh, so so I would argue this. If you take away the word white supremacy and replace it for what they're actually saying and say that uh, um, Jason Johnson said the Stop Woke Act is DeSantis's new effort to codify s- traditional American culture for political gain, it's like, oh,
5: yeah. Maybe. Uh-huh. I yeah. mean, sure. I don't know. It what? doesn't sound nearly as insane. Well, I think definitions matter here, and that's why in yesterday's interview, I was like, "Wait, what do you mean by this? What is your understanding of this?" Because I think there was a disconnect with what we thought the words mean. And when it comes to the word white supremacy, it has been used and abused to such a silly level that I feel like in some instances, it's losing its its meaning, it's losing its power because it, it, it rained, and MSNBC was freaking out saying it's white supremacy that caused it to rain. Uh, I'm being fascist here, but but they literally almost blame every underneath the sun if you're going on nature hikes that's white supremacy going out of nature is white supremacy and i'm like uh, you're you're devaluing this word and this meaning so for msnbc to say this as hyperbolic as they are it's like okay okay, what are you really trying to say here because you bastardize the language they're zombies they're zombies Mm. zombies and zombie lords that was I, I loved that conversation we had when Ian
2: was here. I was like, because NPCs, zombies, kind of interchangeable. And then I mentioned, well, some of these people know they're lying. But I think the people at MSNBC who are saying this stuff are just mindlessly repeating the words. But there are people who know they're changing the definition of the words to manipulate people into joining their cult ideology. And so I asked, are zombies evil? And I think Ian first said no. He's like, no, no. You know, they're neutral or whatever. And then we, and then we looked up. Or actually, no. I think he said zombies are evil in the in the official Dungeons and Dragons. Zombies are evil. So even if you are mindless, like this is the perfect example of the banality of evil. Mindlessly going going along with evil. I'm sorry, that makes you evil. You know what yeah. I
1: mean? Yeah,
4: Luke, you're totally right. The definition changing, and then they repeat the words that are not. They're not. They don't mean anything anymore. I'm I'm calling this the death of language. That's how you create multiple realities because there's a whole group of people operating in. Certain definitions, and there's another group of people operating in different definitions, like the, the, when the guy drove the car through the people at the Christmas parade. Mm. We saw a lot of tweets and headlines that was a car that drove through people. The SUV. That's, you're killing language there, right? It was was an accident. (laughs) But if it was someone else who looked differently, they would sensationalize that to make it very specific, to make it, you know, you afraid of that.
5: It's almost as if it's Orwellian. It's almost as as we're going through double Mm -hmm. speak. Which yeah. I, I I've heard of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and I think that's you could, we could relate to that since, of course, even scientific definitions of herd immunity, vaccines are being changed right in front of our eyes when yeah. it meant something else previously before. And I think the same thing is happening with white supremacy. Exactly. Uh, the were
3: racist changed. Yeah, that went race. from being just prejudice against somebody because of their race to being about powers and systems mm-hmm. and oppression and prejudice yeah. and white people or or black people can't be racist and white people yeah. are only they can only just have prejudice against Larry them. No Larry the against the
4: black face of white supremacy, white supremacy. yeah i yep. mean
3: it just it, it has no meaning it's watered down and then but it's like crazy that these audiences either love that they're changing the definition or don't realize it but either way it's the same end result and it's evil
1: there's totally. there, there, a,
2: a couple a couple of the issues you know uh, and, and I, and I gotta say, like, we all really want to talk about what happened last night, but it really was a good example of the culture war. Mm. And, and what happens afterwards. So one of the things that happened afterwards is Vosh, we've had him on the show a couple times. Mm. He's, um, he's made progress. I, 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 have, I have great respect. When he first oh. came on the show, he called me far right. Yeah. Yesterday, or I, or maybe this earlier today, he called me a conservative. So he's moving me closer <laughs> to the middle. To that? but that's almost <laughs> a liberal. <laughs> almost, I'm getting close to being a centrist. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually defended me. He, he actually, he made a really good point. He said, he said something like, let's be real guys. If this was any other mixed race person explaining they experience racism and a white person was laughing in their face and insulting them, you would be on that person's side. But because it's Tim Pool, you want to be mad at him. And I was like, wow. And then Vosch went on to say, "Tim Pool is a conservative," and then of course that means he's racist. And I was like,
6: "Come on, come on, so close, so close." (laughs) And then I go,
2: and then and then he plays, he presses play, and I go, "I want to abolish the police." And he goes, "Thank you, Tim." And I'm like, "Bro, (laughs) the problem is everybody shared one small clip, so the, the the narrative becomes something untethered to reality. If any one of these people would just actually take their heads out of the sand and consume media to better understand it, then a lot of this might stop happening." But the other issue is when it came to the actual conversation with, with uh, you know RA, many of these people don't agree that he is being racist because in their new moral framework or lack thereof, white people are allowed to insult people who are not white. And that's not racism so long as their ideology is in line with the tribe or the cult. Mm. So when they say racist, what they're really saying is deviant. They're They're saying you're a deviant, you're a deviant. So when I call him a deviant, people go, "No, he's not. He's perfectly in line with wokeness." So to them, they're hearing me, basic, uh, like they don't hear the word racist the way we do. When when I say to him, "You're a racist," I'm saying you literally said that you would judge someone on based on the content, uh, uh, you, you would judge someone on the color of their skin. To me, you're being racist when you discriminate against someone on their race. To them, racist just means you are a
4: deviant from our from our yep. ideology. If yes. you were a media darling and he was in, and Ari was in here with a MAGA hat. And he accused you even laughed at you, they would have said Tim Pool, you know, Asian Asian podcaster, you know, to make sure oh, yeah, we yeah. all knew he's a victim. Let me let me explain
2: something that you know, one of the jokes that we make on the show every so often is that blonde hair, blue eyed Luke Kowski is a person yes. of color and literal second generation mixed race Tim Pool is white. I'm like, I don't even know what is going on in their brains. <laughs> like but but I I think it's fair to say what they're really saying is deviant mm-hmm. when they say racist or white supremacist.
5: You, you brought up this point would, would you happen to have the old definition and the new definition by any chance because I, I think I saw something online I don't know where to look Of for racism of, of the term racism um
3: not the I mean not the exact definition but off the top of my head I believe it was something more along the lines of what we generally believe that it's just hate or prejudice because of somebody's race or skin color now I think at least one dictionary and just in many schools of thought like in academia you'll see the definition be changed to it's uh it's like It's prejudice prejudice and prejudice plus power. Mm -hmm. So black people can't be racist because they could be prejudiced, but they don't have power in today's white supremacist racist system. So black people, therefore, can't be racist and white people can't be victims of racism because they have the power and the prejudice. So they just nothing. Nothing just comes at them. And
2: and then Luke isn't white because Slavic people experienced oppression. And Asian people in America are white because they have high incomes on average.
1: Mm.
2: So they've turned white into an ideology. It's a
4: boogeyman.
5: Well, if you look at history, history is filled with oppression, whether you're, you're Chinese or Japanese or Korean or Polish. Um, you look, you know, people have been screwed over throughout historically, but, you know, do you see people leveraging that for their own kind of purposes or excuses is, is to me it's 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 like thinking low of somebody and 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 it's thinking low of yourself and i think some of it is done deliberately this is just my perspective i might be wrong someone might be might might be able to convince me that i'm wrong but but for me i i think something that really does oppress people is saying continually you're oppressed, you're oppressed, you're oppressed. And when you keep putting that into someone's mind, they create an identity that is oppressed, that does believe that they have lack of opportunities. And that kind of mon- mindset, that kind of idea, that kind of larger consciousness that you're putting out there to your regular life, the, that you're manifesting, that you're creating, is creating that of of, of lack, of, of being the victim. I want to chase this deviant idea too, because
2: there was some, something else that came up yesterday in the show that exemplifies this. When I was trying to explain, a very that, that, that you know this world is comprised of many people with different worldviews. Mm-hmm. RA's response was, I said your worldview. He said, Yeah, reality. Mm-hmm. And so when he, so I, here's what I think happens. He believes he's in the moral majority. He believes that his ideas are represented by most people, or that you know he's on the side of good or whatever. But a lot of these people don't seem to realize that when you have, you know, 80 million people voting one way and 80 million people voting the other, certainly there are two distinct, you know, perceptions, or I should say overarching perceptions. So for me, when I started getting into, into this work and, I mean, just doing journalism in general, I remember um, I went – during Occupy Wall Street, there was a pro-life rally at the federal building by Wall Street, by, by, the, by the stock exchange. And we went and we saw these people and we saw them waving their flags and I listened to what they said. And my attitude's always been like, if we're talking about helping the working class, that means recognizing that half the working class are conservative and half are, you know, left or whatever. And that means we really need to understand where people are in general, not just one side of things. But too many of these people think 99% of the country is them. And there's this weird deviant group of people. So when they say you're a racist, they're saying you are not in line with the moral majority, which is us. Our, our, our ideology is correct. And then when I try and point something out, like, there are 80 million people who who roll the other direction from you and don't agree with you, they just – they say that's not true. They don't mm-hmm. believe it. They reject that. Or they say, well, those people are wrong and crazy or grifters or liars. And, and it's like yeah. – that. that's why you, you'll often hear people say that the right thinks the left is misguided, but the left thinks the right is evil. Mm. I think that's starting to change now with many on the right, many – and 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 the funny thing, too, is the right is not just right wing. It's also comprised of the center. Mm. Like, if you actually look at Pew's research on this, which is hilarious – The stressed sideline, they call it, apolitical individuals lean right, Mm -hmm. and it's because the left has gone off the rails. When you look at that Axios poll we looked at last week that shows young Democrats are overwhelmingly antagonistic based on on politics and not conservatives, we can see whatever is happening, it's happening as as an effect of modern left culture or whatever.
5: And I think it's working, uh, brilliantly to the benefit of the special interests that really kind of pull the strings, that really kind of set the news stories, that set the agenda, that set the narrative, because let, let, let's call a spade a spade here. There, there's a lot of things you and RA agreed on. There's so many things that the government does that you weren't happy agree. about. I know, I know, but, but hold on. I, let me just get to this point. There, there's so many things you guys had in common, especially with your visions and your ideas and your beliefs and, and things that you went through that was outside of the, established narrative but on this point it brought you two guys towards a very tense angry moment between each other that's how powerful and divisive a lot of this stuff is where even if you could see eye to eye on a lot of stuff you still fight each other that's crazy Bro. amount of power and division
7: picture this you're driving on the open road taking in the beautiful views this country offers then out of nowhere you hear a noise and your car breaks down while still frustrating you feel protected because you have a plan through car shield CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson.
3: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky
7: just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Uh Uh-uh. I got to stop you there, bro. When R.A. says to me, you think you've got it worse than black people in this country? And I go, and I said, no, I agree with you. I actually did work on this subject. And then he says it again three times. I'm like, bro, I don't know how many times I need to tell you. I agree with you on that. But for him to just be like, no one is allowed to talk about racism because of the black struggle, I'm like, this dude you cannot reason with. I I literally tell him, you are correct. I agree with you. Critical race theory should not be banned in schools. It's just the praxis of it. He goes, okay, all right. How many times... Does he need to say something? He goes, y'all called Kyle Rittenhouse a hero. And I said, we never did that. Literally and he no. went, okay, okay. I'm like, how many times do I need to reach out and say, I agree with you, I agree with you, I agree with you. But he didn't, he, he, he it's like, it's, it's not, yeah. it's, 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 uh, that's why I'm saying it's about being a deviant. It's about not being in line with our orthodoxy. So that's what they're calling you.
5: Yes. Uh, by and large, what, what I was saying, you said it more eloquently and a lot better than I did because again, there was terms of agreement, but it still led to confrontation, which to me is mind-boggling of, of how they are able to control the narrative in a way where it still leads to no understanding and a fighting, um, and that to me deserves to be pointed out.
2: I But listen, I think we all understood him. I think we were all uh, analytical as to think, like, we, we analyzed the things he had been saying. He talks about news in a way where he he didn't understand things. He was talking about how we didn't know what critical race theory was, and I, and I gave him just a very generalized, here's one of the authors, here's what they've stated, here's what they've believed, cause I, I read this stuff. And full disclosure, when we had Vosh on the first time, I was, I was miserable in, in trying to break down what critical race theory was, and I, I think Vosh made a great point when he was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, well, my view of it is the cultural, like, wokeness and stuff, but you know what? I absolutely owned up to that and said, it's a good point. I should not use a phrase that I have not read the literature on. So I pulled up the book from Kimberly Crenshaw and I started reading, did not read the whole thing. I read it. I read the first few, few bits of it to, to understand the origins of it. I read quotes and comments from Derek Bell. I read some D'Angelo and some Ibram X. Kendi, and I'm still not going to pretend to be an expert. But for someone to come in here, say these things, and for me to be like, which of these authors do you agree with? And him to be like, I don't I don't know. that. I have no idea. I don't know anything about it. I'm like, okay, here's a problem. If I'm going to tell you that there's, some, there's a lot of the stuff we we agree on, but no matter how much we try to come to you, to your side and say, we want to rectify this, you still just say, you guys are racists. You guys are white supremacists. You are bootlickers. There is no, there is no coming together. There's no compromise. There's no resolving this bridge. I'll just stress this point again. When I'm literally like, you're you are right and I agree with you. And the response from the other side is, I don't care. Screw you. You're a lying piece of crap.
5: I'm just like, all right, that's it. It's conflict. The divide is real, and it's very strong. I'm trying to stay positive. I met a lady. But but I was going to ask, is there anything that could bridge this divide? Is there anything possible?
4: I think so. I met a lady yesterday, total stranger in her 70s, a nice lady. We we agreed on books and music. And we were there looking at some stuff, and there was another gentleman there who I don't really know, but she knew. And she pulled me to the side and said, he's an an anti-vaxxer. And I was like, oh, I, everyone can do whatever they want. I'm, I'm okay. And I didn't mind. And she kept trying to get politics out of me. And she was trying to, like, find labels and how to, like, pigeonhole yeah, me next, right? Mean, yeah. And then uh, 30 minutes later, she says, I wish every Republican would drop dead. Cool. Just like that. And she was totally fine. It was normal. Like, she could say it to a stranger. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's a horrible thing to say. And I was like, <laughs> "I think I think you are putting labels on too many people and you you're hearing certain words like that you know he didn't want the vaccines now he's all these things maybe he's racist in your mind a maga supporter, or whatever and i'm like if you just take the labels away and talk to people about the real problems you'll probably agree on lots of things like what tim and ra were talking about and then she was like you know i did have an hour-long conversation with this man he was very nice but once he said the vaccine thing all the alarms went off in her head that she would hear the the buzzwords on cnn and uh, I think if you start to strip away labels, like that's why that when I see words like woke, I hate words like that. I'm so sick of words like that because it automatically makes anyone who agrees with woke stuff um, and, and who doesn't agree with it want to fight about it yeah just strip away the, those stupid words i think i think we use too many bad words like cancel culture and woke
3: there's a compulsive need to label people though people try to do the same thing to me all the time and it, even when they find out what i believe in there's still no label to put on it so then they get even more frustrated but i need to know and i think it's getting worse actually the compulsive need to label people but i need to know like how do we combat that like how, how do we change the messaging to where to the point where people don't feel the need to be like hey like, what do you believe about that? And then immediately assume your political party or assume everything else it's, you it's, believe. It's
5: like gang members. It's like, are you a bloody, yeah. <laughs> are you a crip? Well, no, no it is.
3: It is it <laughs> for it is. real.
2: Dude, but, I really, but, Luke, Luke but, and I, we went to the Peace Wall in Northern Ireland. And I really recommend people go to Belfast oh, yeah. and look at the mm. Peace Wall. It, 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 it will be a shock to your system. Oh, and yeah. I, I mentioned this a lot. When I went there, when we were there, and there's like, on one side it's pro-Israel, and the other side it's pro-Palestine, and I was just, I was confused, and I asked this guy who was there, I was like, I don't understand, like, what is, what is the, 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 the Irish conflict have to do with Israel and Palestine? And the dude said, Whatever whatever idea one side adopts, the other side takes the opposite stance. Yeah, It's just tribalism. And, 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 like, it's,
5: and it's neighbors living next to each other with huge walls dividing them. Literally neighbors rioting and fighting each other to the point where they're killing each other. And they're, they're neighbors. They live in the same kind of country. They kind of have the same identity. They have a different kind of religious point of view. But that divide is so strong and crazy where they literally burn effigies of other people's, um, you know, belief systems and and representatives in celebration in, in defiance of the other side so that was a surreal experience mm-hmm. to see um that larger kind of some people call it a festival that literally leads to marches and fights and riots in northern ireland which was absolutely crazy to and to see and experience myself that's
2: just one small area relative to the rest of the world and this is th- this kind of thing is gripping the entire u.s like you saying the lady said she wished republicans would all just drop dead mm-hmm. like I gotta. I, I look. I think there's a lot of really great things to focus on in terms of you know freedom. Gun rights are being strengthened, but there's also uh, you know I, I'm not trying to be a, a, a downer. I do think that freedom and, and individualism is actually gaining a lot of ground in a lot of different ways. But I also think the hyperpolarization is becoming more and more enraged. Like like the way like the story you as mm-hmm. you explained it, mm-hmm. people are are just getting angry. Like I don't care. Yeah. I just hate yeah. and that's scary
4: that's the vic- she's a victim of the corporate press they've fed her fear
2: but it's it's more than that too i mean so one of the things that r.i said at the beginning of the show is that he said something to the effect of everything is extremely all these media outlets are extremely divisive and we're doing the exact same thing here on this show and i said you're right i agree we talk about that when we see MSNBC say that, you know, Ron DeSantis is codifying white supremacy or whatever garbage, and then we criticize them and Newsbusters says they're known for insane, vile commentary and all that stuff. Yeah, we're, we're sitting here with a bunch of people listening and they're going to be like, I don't like MSNBC and what they do. And then we're going to get people who are only going to take small clips of this show and then do the counter of saying, look at what they're saying. They're vile, racist or whatever. And all it does is create echo chambers where everyone hates each other more and more and more. I suppose the one difference is one side is objectively correct. And that side is whatever this side is. And it's not the right. It's not libertarian. It's just literally there are people who are right and people who are wrong. And if you look at the Jesse Smollett story, the Covington kids, Nick's, uh, Nick Sandman stuff, you look at Kyle Rittenhouse, you look at Russia Gate. Did I say Russia Gate? You look at Ukraine Gate, two impeachments. Wow. One side is objectively wrong all the time. What do I get criticism for? Bad predictions. Bad predictions are different from factual errors. If I if I see the stock market doing really really well and then say I think Donald Trump's going to going to nail this election and then covid happens and he doesn't that's just me not realizing a pandemic was going to happen. But when you say Donald Trump colluded with Russia and he literally did not or you claim these kids were getting in the face of a native american and they literally did not you live in a twisted malformed decayed reality. And then if you become hateful and vile and angry and or, or violent because of it, yeah one side is dangerous. And when you have a horde of angry zombies, how do you deal with it? That's
5: a good question. I'm is running there to anything the woods. To, to? I'm going help. deep in the woods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that's literally what I did. I left New York City, went to the middle of the woods of New Hampshire, joined the Free State Project. Uh, but but is there anything that could help? I, I, and again, I, I made this argument. I don't think we should call them zombies. Um, because there are people who could go back from that state, from that state of watching the corporate media to waking up. Zombies, you can't bring back to life. Uh, when it comes to corporate media heads who, who watch the, the fear-based mind control, people could come back from that. Um, people could come to an understanding and say, hey, I could see that. So I don't think we should call them zombies because I think that kind of furthers the divide, but, but let's just call them zombies Look, for man. now. Is there anything bringing them back to life? And is there anything that could heal the divide? Do yes. you guys? I, is but, but but I think when I say zombie, I'm referring to the people who are. Totally zombified.
3: I think there's some people that you just can't bring back no matter how you try to reason with them, no matter what type of facts you put in front of them, as was demonstrated. I mean, you can agree with something everything that you're they're saying basically, and they're still gonna call you a white supremacist racist based off of these new made up definitions and terms. And they could be they could literally be a white person sitting here yelling at you that they could I've had white people call me I'm anti black and that I'm racist and that I hate myself and I have internalized racism and misogyny and all those types of stuff, and I can sit here and look at them and laugh at them and be like and just ask them to explain themselves, and they can't. It's just because, like Tim said, it's just... I, I like the word deviant. It's just because I'm deviant. Yeah.
5: but there is a political transformation. There is a political change, and it happens in 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 some people. Even even Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. But it goes both ways. Pro establishment, of course. Uh, Pro establishment. Pro war. Uh, CNN, MSNBC, toting the line, giving it, you know, repeating the speeches. Now he criticizes the Republicans, criticizes the Democrats, criticizes the intelligence agencies, and and does a something that agrees with uh, Glenn Greenwald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, has Glenn Greenwald on his show, and and um, and that's Ga- G- and Tulsi yeah. Gabbard on a show all the time right. and rages against the, the, the kind it's of a, intelligence
2: it's, state. It's a new political faction.
5: So so like some people would consider him a zombie that has ter- a zombie lord to someone who has come back to life and is n- now helping people awaken a- from this zombiness. There's an article that Daily Dot wrote about what happened here.
2: And it was just like it's crazy how they just don't watch the show. They don't care to get the facts straight. But one of the things they point out was that in the clip, I highlighted a documentary I did on Ferguson Mm. and the, you know, what the black community was going through with going on tour and racism. And they said, but Tim Poole failed to mention that he made that before his politics did a 180. So let's, let's, let's assess that real quick. If I literally pull up a documentary I made seven years ago and say, I completely agree with this message for the documentary that I put together seven years ago. How have my politics changed if I'm literally like this exemplifies my view on, on systemic racism? Quite literally, it's the same political opinion as when the documentary was made. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, too. They wanted me to say a line in that documentary. I did not say they wanted me. The final line of the documentary was that pol- the, the police of St. Louis are that are, are uh, were created by and the descendants of slave catch slave catcher patrols. Wow. And I was like, that's a little too much, guys. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's not necessarily untrue in some contexts, but it's, it's for the mo, it's mostly not true. There are some police departments where they started as, you know, slave, slave catching. And then most police departments, and I, and I looked all this up, we, they were just ideas and institutions that were, were adopted from, I think, France and other European countries that we decided to implement here as we expanded sheriff's department and law enforcement. So I'm like, that goes too far. That's what they wanted in it. Mm. So my politics haven't changed on this, but it's really interesting because what that means is this group of people revolt, like they, 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 they moved around me. So here I am in this position on the left and the establishment media moves to the left where I stay in the same position. And now they're like, look, he spun a 180. And I'm like, yo, it's you guys who wrapped all the way around the other direction. Mm -hmm. How How is it that I'm going to defend this? And you're gonna claim I disagree with it.
4: They move so far left that you look far right.
1: And, your, and I haven't gone, energy. I haven't moved anywhere. Right. I'm always just like, Same hey, ideas. it's
2: wrong to be racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, what I don't under, what, you know, I have to, I gotta say, this is why I'm really pessimistic. And At the end of the member segment, I said, I think racism will never go away. Right. And it was because of people like R.A. It was because he is a white guy who claims white people are privileged, who thinks he's justified as a white man to tell minorities what to do and laugh at them when, when people, when people talk about their problems or experiences of racism. He laughs in their face, yeah. and I was like, "Why would that go away?" It ma- so this is this is a guy who, in in every respect, you know, a hundred years ago probably would have been a white supremacist. Hundred years ago, this country was overwhelmingly white supremacist, and now today, many many people have adopted this, the more civil rights view and have become more accepting and more understanding. And he's still of the mindset. And it's not just him. I don't mean to single him out. It's it's the woke that they, as the white savior, the privileged race has the right to determine what minorities should be doing. And I'm like, what changed? What about white supremacy has changed? And these people are still doing it.
5: Yeah. I think that's why it's important to be considerate of your virtues. Um, and, and not just change on every issue based on your gang affiliation or the level of political power you're going to gain for standing on this side or acceptance from larger society. I mean, I always throughout my journalism career always said, OK, what are my virtues? What do I, what, what do I represent? What ideas am I going to go out there to the general public? And to me, it was always anti-war. Freedom, privacy, the rights of individuals over the collective, and I always stood on those virtues. But I've been called a right-wing racist teabagger by Chris Matthews of MSNBC. <laughs> Sean Hannity, I'm not sorry, sorry, not Sean Hannity. Bill O'Reilly said we are change is a is a jihad loving leftist Ooh. liberal organization, <laughs> oh. and, and and I got slandered for it. But my position has never changed. Yeah. With, when Ob- Obama was in power, I was called a conservative. When Bush was in power, I was called a a liberal and and, and again I, I don't believe luke, in any of that gang affiliation your virtues should matter more luke has one political position freedom the government sucks yes yeah. absolutely I love <laughs> that. i'm with you I love i'm with that. you i'm all for that I'm with you. <laughs> and, and abolish taxes all of them <laughs> 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 immediately oh, yeah. love it i'm in
4: i'm in new york where we have new mandates now for the mask it's and crazy. it's just like if you if you have kids and you love your kids you you hate your government if they try to get between you and your kids exactly and they they're trying to wear I mean, they had, like, five-year-olds running around outside this summer, 90-degree weather, with the mask on. I'm like, you guys are waterboarding these kids, basically. So what is the option for New
3: Yorkers? Like, what do you... Leave. Leave? I think most of them like it. can't fight?
4: I think most of them in the city area like it. Let's pull up the
2: story real quick, too, get some context here. We have this from TimCast.com. De Blasio says people will be forced to accept COVID vaccines if their, quote, paychecks depend on it. Wow. This dude was giving an interview, and he basically said... I will destroy your life to get you to do what we want you to do. And I was just like, if you want to live in that city and you want to live under his boot and lick it.
5: They like
2: it. Feel free to do
5: it yeah. if, if you want. Oh, to, well, I'd leave if you want to oh, call yeah. anything white supremacy. That's it right there. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the the Vax mandates, who it predominantly affects, the 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 consequences of it, especially in New York City, especially with people of color. Holy frickin' cow,
4: Wilhelm. Yeah, <laughs> right?
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Wilhelm. look at him. I, I just call him Bozo the Should Clown. Should we call him Kaiser? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am absolutely you no know my my favorite. image... from that this year? He Still has any political power.
4: My favorite image. One of my favorite images of this year. Video really, is him alone in Times Square dancing Dancing. with his wife. When everyone was not allowed to
5: be in there, everyone was told, get away, you're not allowed to come to Times Square. Only the special elites, only the people who give out the orders will be Celebrating and dancing in the middle of it as the order followers will kick everyone out. Yeah. It was disgusting. Look at this. And the New York Times made that one of the photos of the year that they were celebrating and toting as something great. Yeah. They didn't show, uh, yeah. Bill de Blasio dancing there by himself yeah. with his wife look with police this, officers yeah. protecting them. Yeah. They,
4: Meanwhile, the, the governor's a mass sick. murderer. Oh.
2: Yeah. They kicked out everyone from Times Square and then they had their private dance. So you can have a little prom yep. night? That's yep. cute. It's cute, right? So That's real this cute.
3: Is, listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I I like your point that people with kids, people with families should leave. There's really nothing that they could do. I will not fault anybody for leaving if there's really nothing else they can do. But I did write a piece for Tim Kass. It was in August, I think. It was called Here's How New Yorkers Can Fight Back Against Medical Mandates, where I interviewed somebody from the New York Young Republican Club, and they talked about – um. Uh, basically, how they're like staging like sit-ins and anti mass protests and rallies, and I think noncompliance is like a truly American virtue. I mean, yes. it's what basically birthed this country and birthed this nation. And I would be, I would hate to just have everyone retreat when I think. I think there is a silent majority. and I think it's time for them to speak up. And I know everyone's so tired of them, of everyone saying, oh, silent majority, silent majority. But I think it's a real thing. And I think people are scared. And if you, and if you, you can afford to not leave. And if you can afford to, you know, not comply, I think you should. I
4: totally agree. W- were they in the city? Yep. Yeah. So like, that's a different, like the city is a whole different world from the rest of New York. I yeah, said this last time, like this New York city is a little P at the bottom of the state that kind of dictates the policy for the rest of this giant state. The, and they vote sometimes overwhelmingly red while the city votes blue. I would I would hope for noncompliance if you can. That's yeah. the way to go for non, sure.
2: Nonviolent civil disobedience. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as people just being like, no. Just say no. And then we nothing. will not comply. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a
3: perfect American phrase. And it's yeah. just like we forgot about it or we attribute it to like white supremacists or something. Yeah.
2: Ben Shapiro did not forget. Daily Wire guys did not forget. Do yeah. It's, That's it's like they're, they're all their, you know, logo uh, icons, yeah. avatars or whatever. Yeah. Do not comply. And we will that. not comply. It's crazy how. But they
4: also retreated. You know, like they left a, a state that was pretty That's dystopian, well, like New York. But it's good to say not not comply. But I also think I sometimes don't blame those them for cities, that I don't, I don't blame FU. them at all.
3: It's kind of f you, and it sends a message to the state. I I, I think it's kind of good in some sense because it does send a message and I think that people are going to look at that and be like hey we need to make a change or you know hey well, something
4: hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. coincidence I think not everybody's loving having fun with it Chumbacasino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet so sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW root void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem
5: some serious prizes.
0: J- chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Well, yeah. Some people argue that you're voting with your feet. Right By by staying in New York City, you're paying their taxes, you're you're part of their workforce, you're incentivizing people to say, I will control every aspect of your life, and you will obey, and you will live underneath my boot. No, I won't. I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to go to New Hampshire. I'm going to go to West Virginia. I'm going to go to Texas. I'm going to go where my rights are respected, where my money actually goes towards the greater good, and doesn't go towards discriminating against people, doesn't go towards giving people less opportunities because they didn't do a, a procedure that the, a government bureaucrat wanted them to do. And it's, it's sickening what's happening in New York City. And there are some people standing up. There was recently a large number of people arrested because they went to restaurants and they said, hey, um, mm-hmm. we're not going to comply with the whims of government. We're not going to ask the government permission and get their permission slip to eat here. And they were asked to leave. There's they said no, and they and they did too. sit-ins. Yeah, cops came in. They followed orders and they arrested them. How, how isn't this weird?
2: It's just, it's just, it's just so weird that the, the 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 way politics is evolving in this country. I've always been on the side of businesses should apply public uh, should should grant access to public accommodation for members of the public, but now it's crazy to see many people on the right arguing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. before, it's just. I don't know man I saw I saw a really crazy image of a uh, a building uh, a vaccine warehouse being burned down and someone yeah. on the right being anyway. like, this is how you stick it to authoritarianism or wow. whatever. And I'm like, bro, that's an Antifa tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what through? is going but on? But there, I
4: think that the, the difference there is their anger is rooted in something that's really happening. And sometimes I think that <laughs> Antifa and are right. rioting, they're rioting over manipulated realities. Yep. You know, like inflated exactly. numbers of, you know, deaths or whatever. Um, you know, like I had a friend who would tell me like thousands of black men die, you know, a year right. by cops. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a number. It's she, like twenty-three. I would show her the, <laughs> number. the number. She would say, "Well, the numbers are systemically racist," and I was like, "And then I'm racist for showing her the systemically yeah, racist." Scenario. Oh my! Oh my goodness.
2: I had I had a friend, and uh, they were posting stuff about the migrant crisis, that was wrong. So I took an I took the, the the refugee document from the UN website, sent her the link, and said, "Hey, just FYI, what's going on here is X, Y, and Z." The people coming from the, the – so there's three Mediterranean routes. There's the, the western, the central, and the eastern. I think it's – I don't think it's called central, but there was three routes. One goes through Spain. One goes through – from Libya through Italy, and then one goes through Greece, through Lesbos. And I was just like the people who are coming in through Greece are the refugees from Afghanistan and Iraq, and the people who are coming from the central and western routes are economic migrants from Nigeria and other countries. And then she just said, screw you and blocked me. <laughs> Oh, and wow. I was like, I don't know what just happened.
1: She slapped your <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't insult <laughs> her and
2: call her name. I had one friend. This was crazy. Someone I talked to all the time. We hung out a lot in New York who told me that they now believed in conversion therapy because yeah. they, f- so this is crazy, right? Check this out. If you talk to someone on the left, they will cheer when you hear someone say, you know, so like Canada has banned conversion therapy. They'll go like, yay. And I'm talking to this friend. She's a woman. And she was saying that it was transphobic for people to not want to date people of the same sex if they were transgender. And so I was like, all right, hold on. Let me, let me, like, I'm, I'm trying to understand you. So I was like, you're a woman and you're attracted to men. And she was like, yes. And I said, so, so you're saying that you personally are, are attracted to bio, like people who are biologically female who have female genitalia, but have transitioned. And she said, no. And I said, so do you think that's transphobic? And she said, well, I could learn to like it. Ooh. And I said, isn't that's, that conversion therapy? That like, it's
3: like grooming. Like changing
2: mm-hmm. some, like trying yeah, to convert someone's sexuality. Mm-hmm. And then she got really mad and said, no, you're being transphobic. And I was like, I thought you were being transphobic. I was like, all I did was genuinely ask, she blocked me. Yeah. She, yeah. but, but to be fair, she deleted all of her social media and said, I can't take this anymore. And I, I, I think what really happened is, like when we talk with, with RA, these are people who are on Facebook. These are people on Twitter and they get a worldview bubble, a bubble world from the group they follow. This is what people need to understand. Who you follow on Twitter, if you're active on Twitter, is shaping your reality and it can be distorting it. So they say like, like, so I follow a lot of conservative personalities, a lot of leftist and liberal personalities. I follow Hassan. I follow Vosh. I folly I follow. folly. Uh, I follow a few other people, I don't want to get anyone else dragged, they're they're famous, so I'll leave it there. But a few other like lesser well known leftist journalists, as well as all the mainstream publications, Vice and uh, that way I'm seeing what they're saying, I'm seeing what other people are saying, and I get a view of both, you know, groups. But a lot of these people, like this this you know, former friend of mine, was probably only on Facebook in a group of friends who were all regurgitating the same woke garbage. And then when I simply asked questions I think what ha- what really happened was she realized the world she lived in on Facebook was not real and she couldn't take the pressure of it anymore and
5: deleted it. Mm. Scary. I would even go further. It's not who you follow. It's who the big tech algorithms decide you see because now it doesn't even matter because mm. they curate a lot of the timelines. Twitter is still one of the few places where you actually see the people you actually follow, but most social media, especially Facebook and Instagram, they have a carefully curated algorithm that they have even done psychological studies on that could create certain emotional outcomes. And there, I, I think there's a correlation between the the, the mental and, uh, w- wellness uh, of just people going down dramatically with the onset of social media. But it's not just our personal well-being that's being affected here. It's not just our mental health. It's also our political discourse which is being bastardized. And I think the echo chambers that are created, the echo chambers that many people blindly follow, because also, as, as you mentioned Tim, him, you try to get different perspectives, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't want to see different perspectives. They want to see their perspective regurgitated uh, to them from right. different kind of points of view. They also might not have time. Re-establishing the same idea. Yeah, yeah let me reinforcing that idea i got I gotta pull something up that's really funny, but you know keep keep talking we'll I think
2: I think
4: the, this is my crazy wacky theory. is Facebook years ago remember that debate over if it's a blue dress or a gold dress? Yeah, that was us getting prepped for the fracturing of reality. oh who no. believes what? and they're just back there, they're judging who does what? Like, I think do a report I on can't
3: that. do it with Facebook and Instagram now. <laughs> I think I'm up it on Instagram. Even when people do see my post, half the time it has that warning over it. Like, fact checkers have deemed this false. Yeah. And it'll be like the most mundane yeah. thing. It's badge too. of honor. It, it's not even like yeah. crazy. I
4: saw something on Twitter earlier. It was someone talking smack on vaccine mandates. And right below it was a promoted Pfizer tweet. Let me, let me <laughs> let let me me
2: pull up this story for you guys. Tim Pool confirmed leftist. This is from Ground.News blind spotter. And it says 53% of the news TimCast interacts with on Twitter leans left. Top three influencers are Vosch, Michael Malice, and Jack Posobiec. Wow. Hmm. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. (laughs) Now, to be fair, the reason why it says most of the news I interact with leans left is because it's the New York Times, it's CNN, it's Newsweek. These are mainstream news publications. They lean left. The media has a leftist bias or a liberal bias. Michael Malice is slightly leaning left with a big, you know, right wing right, right there. Vosch is overwhelmingly left and Jack is overwhelmingly right. This right here is really fascinating. First of all, I'm obviously not a leftist, but I think it's fair to say that on policy issues and certain certain issues, I am center left, you know, libertarian, a little, uh, you know, difference in opinion from Luke on some ways. But when you look at Vosch, his worldview is comprised almost exclusively of leftist media. Michael Malice's worldview is mixed between liberal and conservative media, and Jack Pasobic is a little bit of liberal media, but mostly conservative media. This makes total sense based on the way, the way they interact with media, the things they believe, the things they say. Why does Vosh think that, you know, the first time he came here, he said, Tim Pool, he t- told me to my face, you're far right. Because the only media he interacts with is left media, who make up, you know, garbled nonsense about me. Now he says conservative. Why? Because he actually came here and interacted with me. And now like he comes here and we agreed on a bunch of stuff. In fact, when when we had the Charlie Kirk and Vosh debate, I was actually meant a lot of the stuff he said. I was like, I agree with you. You're correct. That point is true. And these things are true. And then a lot of people who followed him were like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, they're like based Tim and, and things like that. If these people just mixed up their news sources a little bit, got a healthier balance, everyone might actually calm down. The problem is, New York Times, CNN, Newsweek, my top three sources, they lean left. Mm. So if Vosh is just watching MSNBC, CNN, reading The Nation and all that stuff, and it's overwhelmingly left media, then I don't know how you break someone out of that, that broken reality.
5: Can you put anyone's Twitter handle yeah, on there? Want me, you want me to do you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, I'm, we are yeah. change. Luke, we are change. It's uh, going to be like he's a crackpot conspiracy guy. Look at that, what? Luke.
1: What?
2: 44% left. 44% left. Bro, it's because the New York Times.
5: Zero the hedge, hedge. Zero hedge, hedge hive. and hive.
2: Yeah. But it's because the New York Times is a left-wing publication. Yeah. So when you, when you like, Ground News is a good job of this. Huh. Look at that. Thomas Massey, Glenn Greenwald, huh. and Cernovich Greenwald. are your sources. Nice. And they're, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald is very left when it comes to the media.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow.
2: And then you've got Cernovich, who's very balanced. Yeah. Interestingly, look how small the centrist is in Cernovich. Huh. Massey's got a little bit bigger one. Luke, you've got a 21% moderate. Let's see, uh, let's go back to mine. Cause what was the percentage of moderate for me? 23% yeah. center, but most of it leans left. Why? The mainstream press is a liberal media machine and this proves it. Let's, 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 let's jump over to Vosh. Look at this. He only interacts with 64% left wing, the New York Times, the Daily Beast, and AJC. Mm. What percent? I can't, I can't even see it's the tiny. percent of <laughs> right shoe <laughs> <Xu laughs> on head, Ken Klippenstein and Hassan the Sun, Ooh. all overwhelmingly left personalities. So Vosh's worldview is inherently broken. Because he's not consuming media from other people, he's in an echo chamber where he hears what he wants to hear. And I mean, I mean no disrespect. I You know, I respect that he was he was actually being uh, fair to a certain degree when he was talking about the RA thing. He like, like, like he said, if it was any other mixed race person complaining about racism, you would be on their side. But because it's Tim Pool, you don't like him. He is correct about that. You know what I think? Vosh, I think is a smart guy. I think if he actually started adding in. Some non-left wing news, even like some. Well, he needs to mix in a little bit of conservative sources. He'd be like, "Well, how, well hold on, how? Wait, this right wing source says X, but the New York Times says Y. Where's the Where's the break here?" And I'll give you a really good example. The Washington Examiner reports that the January 6th committee admits to doctoring the, the message from Jim Jordan to Mark Meadows. Mm. That is a fact. What did the Independent report? Jim Jordan confirms he sent message to Mark Meadows. Mm. The objective truth is the message was from Jim Jordan and it was altered. Now, if you only read the left source, you probably don't know it was it was altered. Really good example. When we had Hunter Avalon on the show and he said Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong with the quid pro quo and he didn't know anything about Victor Shokin and Zlochevsky and and, and and anything that happened with Burisma. And I did, because not only did I read the conservative outlets, the mainstream outlets, I literally read Ukrainian news sources on what was going on. Mm-hmm. So if you have people like Vosh who only consume echo chamber content, that's what you get. Shuwanet, look at this. Even Shuwanet is seventy; she's worse than Vosh, but she does have thirteen percent, you know, uh, uh, conservative in there, and she just interacts for the most part with people who are on the left. This is really interesting. Let's take a look at a a conservative personality. Jack Posobiec, he's overwhelmingly right-wing, and he consumes media from people who are also overwhelmingly in the right-wing sphere. I think it's fair to say you you look at how people consume news, and you can predict their viewpoints and how they view the world. I think everybody, even Jack, should be reading a lot more of mainstream news sources. Mm -hmm. Well, I I, I say – Jack should read more mainstream news sources because he's clearly getting more right-wing sources, and, you know, Voss should read more right-wing and independent sources
5: because he's clearly getting nothing but mainstream sources. You should treat it like crossing the street. You don't only look right when you're crossing the street, especially in New York City with the crazy drivers that they have in there. You look left and you look right before crossing the street. And I think, you know, that's a perspective that's gone for a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to face a different reality than the one that they're codified in, that the one that they feel safe in. And a lot of people do feel safe by having their kind of political voices reinforced, their beliefs reinforced, and... I'm a big fan of just waking them up, shocking them as much as you can and having them uh, wake up to the true reality of the world. This is why I think Ben... Right here we have Ben Shapiro. This is why I think Ben Shapiro
2: is so smart, Mm -hmm. so quick and why he's like... His opinions are crafted by facts and he doesn't get everything right. I don't agree with all of his opinions but you can see here from his ground news blind spotter 38% of his news is left wing, 18% is is moderate and 44% is right wing. It makes sense. Ben's a conservative guy. He follows people who are, are, you know, consume middle of the road across the board. Look at this. Steve Miller, Red a Healthy News Diet in the middle. These are the people that I think, you know, you, you are doing a good job. When Ben has a debate with someone like Malcolm Nance and he nails all of his facts and his opinions are, are crafted by those facts. Well read. You, well read. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. From, from good sourcing and mixing it up and trying to understand both
4: sides. I grew up with like 10 channels. And my dad's, like, a centrist, leans right, but he would always tell us, like, you got to watch everything. Mm-hmm. like. And I would always notice when he got into, like, friendly debates at, at Thanksgiving or something, he would know the other person's argument if they happened to be on the other side better than they knew his argument. So he's arguing their yep. point and his point, and they're hearing things from him that are completely, like, from another world to them. So.
5: It's even being able to, to to be willing to have those conversations. A lot yeah. of people are afraid of having those conversations. They're prevented at having those conversations. So even though yesterday was kind of a, a, a crap show, the conversation at least happened. Oh, people were kind of forced to have it. Yes. And I think there's a layer of it, too, that we could still salvage from the craziness, some kind of understanding from where other people are coming from. And I think one of the biggest signs of intelligence is being able to have an open mind. If you're able to hear ideas that are critical of yours without having an emotional reaction, and then you could logically, critically think about them and assess the facts of the case. Very few people do that. They just want to be emotionally clickbaited into something that makes them feel nice Look at, and, and reinforces their side. Let me tell you why Brian Stelter will never,
2: Ooh. never oh, be
5: on par with Ben <laughs> Shapiro.
2: And this is a good example. 90% of what he interacts with as a media correspondent for CNN is left wing media. Oliver Darcy, who is a media correspondent for CNN, 85% left wing content. These are the guys who are supposed to be covering the right. They don't even read it. (gasps) Reliable sources. The media show on CNN is 99% left-wing media. They do not interact with anyone but themselves. These guys are sitting at the bottom of a well talking to each other about – actually, you know what? They're the the people sitting in the cave, the allegory of the cave, Mm -hmm. looking at the shadows, (laughs) thinking they know the world and they're not interacting with it at all. So
6: this is something that I mentioned to Olivia when I was driving her over because I was like, I don't want to argue with someone who doesn't understand what we're talking about. I want someone who's well-read, well-informed, someone who can change my perspective because they know facts that I don't, like talking about redlining and blockbusting. That's stuff I want to know about because that changes my view on stuff like systemic racism. But it's very hard to find someone on the left. Maybe it's just because it's easier to only read left-wing sources like what brian stelter apparently is doing i cannot believe that these are the people that they choose to cover the media Mm -hmm. i forget who it was who was advertising for a right-wing media like reporter i was like well as far as i know as far as these people are telling me the right-wing doesn't even exist there is none
5: yeah I, i think there's also a debate to be had with a lot of people on the left wanting to give handouts wanting to help others so they don't have to work towards something because when you have an idea that contradicts your viewpoint you have to work to combat it. And I think there's an aspect of people having the ability to be able to work. And I think maybe that's why a lot of right-wingers are for work, for having this kind of Protestant work ethic uh, compared to people who want to be the mother in our kind of larger society and give people help and be their supportive role. And I think a healthy society has a mother, a mother figure and a father figure that has both – kind of influence on people's lives so they get a fair perspective on it because if you go too far in either direction, uh, you're going to be in an unhealthy direction. You're going to be unbalanced and you're not going to be a person that's going to kind of fare well uh, with the kind of rules and circumstances of our society. So I want want to pull up. This is called Mediopoly from Ground News. Mm. You can see 32% of the
2: news Tim Pool interacts with on Twitter is media conglomerate owned. Tim Pool is a slightly concentrated news diet. So you can see 11% of the news I consume is independent, or I, I just say, I, I think it's uh, interacts with mostly mainstream media, then private equity, then wealthy private owners, telecom companies, and other. I want to do this. I'm going to pull up, look at all this. Let me go back. I'm going to pull up Luke. We are change. And I'm willing to bet Luke has a, uh, uh, here's my bet. Luke's going to have a big independent media bubble. What do you think, Luke? Probably. You think so? Yeah. Not, not so much bigger actually smaller than mine by one yeah. percent you have wealthy private owners oh followed my by book. media conglomerates and private equity but here's the reason here's why here's why i pulled this up what do you think going to happen when i pull up brian stelter
1: yeah. <laughs> it's let's find really
2: out <laughs> brian stelter media reporter for cnn oh he he's overwhelmingly telecom companies mm-hmm. now that's probably because cnn because he he he's within the cnn bubble Reliable sources, ninety-six percent telecom. Wow. Oliver Darcy, telecom. These the, these people live not only in a in, in a bubble of leftism, but they only really interact probably with, with with the news coming out of their own network, which is full of garbage and as we can see, heavily biased. So they're they're effectively the, the way I described it with Jack Dorsey, is that his worldview was shaped by gargling the sewage of of his own platform. <laughs> mm-hmm. He created a platform. It had, a ne- it, it had a negative effect on society, producing extreme activism. He then consumed it all and came to believe the garbage coming out of his own machine.
5: Uh, stop it, man. You're, getting, you're giving me vi- uh, I got, visuals I, I, here. I've I, I been literally <laughs> doing that. I, that I, think, <laughs>
2: I think Jack Dorsey has been unleashed. Ooh. I think he was constrained a bit by Twitter being the CEO. Now that he's out, the, the one thing he tweeted was transitory in quotes. He tweeted that Rothbard recently. Yeah, I'm willing to bet now that he's not there, he's going to give it some time. He might come out and actually start blowing people's minds. No joke. That'd be nice. Would be great. I hit him up actually. He would uh, no be comment- great to interview. I, I yeah. asked him if he wanted to come on the show and talk about his views on blockchain, you know, and 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 the future of social media, and he said um, at some point.
5: That'd be great. Well, he's huge. More than I can say for a lot of other people. He's huge into decentralized currencies. And him, you know, tweeting out Rothbard, it just is just a perfect example of people realizing the true power of decentralization and understanding that if you try to control everything in life and centralize power, you're creating real life harm. That translates to, of course, the natural stopping of human progression. But, Luke, we got to get,
2: get real. We got to get serious. There yeah, is right. serious harm that may be coming for all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's this story right here. Group of monkeys <laughs> kill over 250 <laughs> oh. dogs for what? revenge in Indian Ooh. Town. Oh. What if they come for us? What if? I'm just kidding.
1: Oh. Well, like, Was like, there a it's movie Friday, about it's this? Friday night. <laughs> yeah, still Friday
2: pocket. night, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave on a, on a on
5: a. This is not actually a good note. This is actually. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is volume two of our like this. book. I read, <laughs> the, <laughs> I read the. I read the story and I felt depressed. Like seriously, uh, it's sad. Yeah. What's, What's happening? Is there a video? There's That's video. Oh my goodness! goodness. Video. <laughs> don't play a group it. Group of monkeys. I need
2: to know what happened. Yeah, no, this is a video of them rescuing a puppy from the monkey. So look at this. A group of monkeys in a small town in India took revenge on the local dog population by throwing them off the top of buildings and trees. It's reported the monkeys have killed about 250 pups in the process and are targeting villagers. (laughs) The monkeys, located in Malagaon, India, started the rampage after some of the dogs allegedly killed an infant monkey. News 18 reported that when the monkey sees a dog approach, they catch them and throw them from a significant height to the ground. In the neighboring village of Lavul, the monkeys have eradicated all of the dogs. After all of the dogs were killed in the village, residents contacted Forest Department officials to catch the monkeys. But when officials attempted to catch the monkeys, they were unable to Uh, capture a single monkey. Villagers believe the monkeys are taking revenge on the dogs. Now, villagers in Lavoul are being chased by the monkeys. Some have even been attacked. Quote, we've seen that when an individual is attacked in some way, the likelihood of them attacking someone related to their, their aggressor is higher. Typically there's a preference for attacking a third party associated with the original aggressor as opposed to the actual aggressor. For the most part, these acts of revenge take place shortly after the attack. All oh. right. We got real serious throughout Sorry. the previous segment of <laughs> <in> the show. <laughs> an this one's story. actually kind of a messed up story, but at least we really can wind sad. down on a Friday night and get our minds <laughs> out of that dark place and talk dogs, about monkeys. The, the dogs are
4: reading too much Brian Stelter. Yeah,
1: that's
4: how
5: it is. <laughs> the monkeys are.
4: Yeah, maybe the monkeys oh, yeah. were.
2: The the,
5: mon- the, monkeys uh, the monkeys are... The monkeys... Yeah. Uh, I was going to make a communist reference, but I should have. I'm <laughs> no, going to no, stop myself <laughs> there. The monkeys <laughs> but, have been on Facebook reading yep. about how dogs are evil, it's and they true. just wanted all the dogs to drop dead, and yep. they went out there and started throwing dogs off roofs. Some I, sp- I, spent some, I spent some <laughs> time in India. The The, the monkeys, there call called the shots. I mean, seriously, if you're... <laughs> I, I mean, around the Taj Mahal area, in, Moom- da- in Mumbai, they in, like the in New Delhi... Pick-pocketing. That's that's streets. also in in Thailand. Like um, there's there's literally people making money off people going on beaches. Monkeys rob them, and then you pay the locals a few dollars, and they'll get your stuff back. Jeez. But uh, in, in India, uh, especially outside of the Taj Mahal, there's monkeys running around all over the place, and and they're like if they want something from you, they're gonna get it. We Very need Cassandra's
4: easy. view on this story. Yeah, yeah I
7: was thinking. That. That. Yeah. <laughs> She's
2: become a rather a, a bit of a monkey expert. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys see that that crazy video where during the lockdown the the baboons had no food, so there yeah. were roving gangs of baboons attacking each other for food, like they, they it was like they went bloods and crips, you know? Like we're in a
4: dystopia. Yeah, you we're know there.
2: You, that, that's yeah, what yeah, I you there. know. Right? Like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I <laughs> <scared>. think <Yeah. laughs> I think I'd like to title our reality the Omega variant. <laughs> You know, like because that—that's the the last variant. You yeah, know? that's where where we're headed, and it sounds cool. The mm-hmm. omega mm-hmm. variant, and because you know we're in a sci fi dystopia with all of this stuff going on,
5: yeah. And uh, I w- I would just like to call it that.
4: Yeah, you know? the only yeah. place that's safe is the metaverse. Per I was about to say we're to the well, no that's match. part of the other no. variant. Oh yeah, true. Well, there's
5: also monkey uh, castles in India where monkeys get worshipped, and there's monkey tribes fighting other monkey tribes for the top position of their group to be inside of this monkey castle. M- monkey castle where they get worshipped by the locals and fed by the locals. So uh, there's also stories of monkeys attacking people because of a lack of tourists in other South Asian countries, and just hordes of monkeys. Uh, just pretty much running entire cities in South Asia.
3: New thing piece from Newsweek. Can monkeys be racist? Let's find out.
2: Well, it depends. What's the race of the dogs? Are That's the dogs chocolate labs too. or, or <laughs> yellow labs? They're oh, white so.
4: adjacent.
3: <laughs> Are they? Yeah. yeah. They're white passing. Yeah. yeah maybe white passing like dogs. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, this dog is actually white on its front and brown on its back, so do it? I don't uh, know.
1: Mixed. It's, it's
2: white passing. Oh, yeah. White yeah. passing. There's any amount of white in there. White no, white good, no good. No good. The monkeys are gonna come for us. Yep. It's a new when, Michael Bay movie. Did you did you there was a, a show I was watching, it was called like after humans or something. I forgot what it was called. And they said that if hum, if humans disappeared right now, if every single person on the planet was just gone, house cats would take over. Of really? course. Yeah, because they're the only they they reproduce like crazy and they're the only species besides humans that Kill for fun. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. They hunt for fun. They kill for fun. Yes, and so they just needlessly destroy and expand and kill. And man, cats, dude, cats. not a fan of cats. Oh yeah, they're torturers.
4: They literally yeah. torture animals for fun. My cat brings me a decapitated mouse. Yeah, yeah. quite often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, oh. it's so treasure. We had oh, uh, a
2: yeah. our you. cat. He was. Uh, we went outside and he had. A, he was holding a bird, a little bluebird, cat and deep. then he would. It was its wing was busted, oh. so he would let it go, and it would. Struggle and jump off, and then he would pounce at it and whack it and whack it and whack it. it. We had to put the bird down. It was this little tiny, little tiny bird because like it, it it had been eviscerated, and so we were like, "What do we do?" Like we just gotta, you know. And then there was another time where I saw him sitting in the grass, looking around, and I went out there, and there was a little mouse on its back, just like wheezing, and then it rolled over and started to crawl away, and then he just got ready. And then he let it go a little bit then he jumped up and started bashing it over and over again. So I do. took a little stick and I put it under the hand of the mouse and the mouse grabbed onto it and I lifted it up and he was just hanging there dangling and and Bocus started going nah, like oh, yelling at me. How dare and then even? I put the mouse in a bush. I think he survived. Oh, Cuz oh. Bocus just beating him but oh. he didn't he didn't gut him or anything like that. Nice. Cats are brutal. Yeah. yeah. Well Take nature mouse no, 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 no. Mouse, no, no. mouse rescuer. You want to know what was the most brutal thing I saw? Okay, it's one thing. When Bocus is like stalking the mouse and, 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 and swatting it, a mouse was walking past the chicken coop. And a chicken ran over and psychos. grabbed it, bashed the mouse oh with its beak gosh. against against the, the ground, mm. and then just swallowed it whole. And oh. I was like, "Oh my
4: god!" <laughs> That's like some ancient DNA <laughs> pterodactyl, monster pterodactyl monster. stuff, my little dinosaurs, dinosaur. yeah. <laughs> man,
2: dude. It just swallows just like, oh, <laughs> yep. No, that I, I I didn't see that happen. I was told by uh, some of the people here that like they saw it grab the mouse and just wow. bash it, and then wow. And yeah. I was like, "Whoa!"
1: These your protein the <laughs> eggs, yeah. Yeah, dude. They eggs. eat. They eat. Chickens,
4: yeah,
2: chickens, nature chickens. is. Do you know that chickens brutal. will eat each yeah, other? Yeah. yeah, of course they will. I, no. So we had we had uh, Pigs one of our too. chickens. Yeah, Dorothy, but, our, one of our chickens was was getting injured. I got to be honest, Dorothy's kind of a bitch. Oh wow, <laughs> she was. <laughs> hey. no, <I'll>, hold on, <laughs> she's not here <laughs> yeah. to she's defend outside. herself. <laughs> she was attacking. She was bullying the other chickens. How dare she! And so the other chickens teamed up, and Roberto the rooster started. He would jump on her, and he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't doing the business. Because, you know, like he would just jump on her, start pecking her head like crazy. And then she would scream and run away. And her back was all, all messed up. And so I, we, I looked it up. We had people comment on the show. They said if she starts bleeding, the other chickens will peck her to death and then eat the body. So we, we separated them for about two or three weeks. Dorothy fully healed. We reintroduced her. They're all getting along just fine now. It's fantastic. Wow. We're getting the cameras out of her. chickens. So there's seat. hope, <laughs>
4: you're saying, for people.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you just gotta <laughs> separate them. Is that what you're you, getting at? Yeah. Well, the, so a couple of weeks is the equivalent to a chicken of maybe like a year. Yeah, six. Wow. Months year. None of these chickens are a, Dorothy's. A, 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 a year and a half old. Wow. The, the, the other adult chickens are were born in January, so they're almost a year. So they were separated for about three weeks, right? So that's like you know maybe like a year or two years of their lives and reintroduce them, and they'll right. be like. Shane, I haven't seen you in so long. I can't remember why we were mad at each other, you know? I
4: want to eat you. But
2: I'm okay. (laughs) Are you injured? Hey guys, he is injured.
5: That's food. We should eat it. (laughs) As humans right now, we are so lucky and so protected from the realities of nature. Uh, because uh, again, like if, if ish starts to get real, if there's going to be a lack of resources, a lack of food, it's going to be a very natural process of what's going to be taking place, and a lot of us are not used to nature. A lot of us are not used to the wild. Yep. I'm not, a lot of us don't even understand how the wild works, and I think, you know, with all the crazy stuff happening, I think people are going to get a very rude awakening soon. I think I'd be and okay. A very left, I was raised lesson. by,
3: like, a crazy prepper, like a doomsday prepper. Mm-hmm. So Perfect. Yeah, we had, like, we literally had, like, a go trailer, like, in the garage that we could, like, hook up and just go. We wow. never had to use it, but... I was just raised that way. I think right. I would survive. I An apocalypse cool. vehicle? Yes, that's that's awesome. Awesome. we did. Yeah. That's great. Great. Are there some
5: like we... other prepper tips that you would share with people that um, you learned? I, I learned your...
3: a lot of weird stuff as a child. Like, I mean, I was in middle school, like chopping down bamboo that just kind of randomly grew. I live on the edge of like, uh, Seneca Creek, which is off of the Potomac and it's my house kind of backs up to the woods and there's like a kind of random shoot of bamboo that shot up, I think for privacy for my neighbor, but there's a bunch of dead uh, bamboo down there in middle school. I would take it and wrap a fishing line around it and catch salamanders and catch catfish in Seneca Creek. And I was like that was like my little like teenage girl thing. I had no friends and I was like, Oh my God, why does that why does everyone think I'm weird? <laughs> but like just like little stuff like that that was normal to me growing up, I learned how to um like a tree and clean cambion from pine trees to Whoa. eat and make tea with i learned how to make like flour from acorns a lot of weird stuff like that Are you ever gonna
2: make you a, a, a ham acorns mm-hmm. do you ever make dandelion tea mm-hmm. yeah ian talks about that a lot
1: mm. he was like yo we gotta make dandelion.
2: lots yeah. of awesome tea i've had things out tea i really like it. Is it good yeah i love it
3: pine wow. tea from made from cambion is also pretty good i've made acorn tea as well mm. or like it's kind of more of like a nutty coffee flavor if you do it with acorns but yeah
2: we got probably Sweet. 300 pounds of black walnut outside you ever, you ever do anything with that? Mm-mm. It's apparently like an anti-parasitic or something, but huh. you're not supposed to like eat a lot of it. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. We day, have pawpaw like crazy in
4: October, though. I remember the day I met you, you made mulberry jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mulberry was, jam. <laughs> you gave me a we, cookie with some mulberry jam. It was we made amazing.
2: The best thing we made, in my, we, so we have wild wine berries everywhere in West Virginia. I saw a guy driving on the highway, pull over his car, jump out, and start grabbing berries from the side of the road. I'm not kidding. <laughs> they're, awesome. are, they're delicious. They're like a Chinese raspberry. Mm. We took those. And we took lemon juice. Now, you use a little bit of lemon juice. You're making a jam. But I did a lot of lemon juice to make a lemon wineberry jam. It was amazing. And then we made uh, we put it on cheesecake. Mm. So good. <laughs> I got news, though. I got good news. We were trying to get this building built. We got a building getting built. Nice. We're going to yeah. have Freedomistan Timcast HQ, an official big steel construct building, 7,500 square feet, with a new studio being built out specifically inside of it. We got this confirmed today. I didn't think we're going to be able to pull it off because of the shortages and the price increases, but we finally found a company that said we can get this done. It's smaller than we originally wanted, but it's going to be mostly big, empty, open space for now, and then there's going to be a small area that's about 20 feet by 75 feet that will comprise the studio. It's going to be a second-floor construct, and then we're going to have a legit headquarters in West Virginia for everything. We're still going to have this space. For production and editorial and everything but we're we're growing like crazy it's incredible yeah we're growing like mad crazy it's good news yeah and it's thanks to everybody who's a member who's a member at timcast.com supporting all of this all the work we do and uh it's a hefty ticket like it's it's expensive to do but it's like i've been saying we want we want to do a lot we need space we want to do the the, the truth in media foundation we want to fact check the, the fake media we need office space for this. We want to do the technology stuff. We need office space for this. So we're going to start building out the space we need. It's actually cheaper to build on this land than it would be to go buy a building and deal with it. Plus it's going to be built made to order. So it's specifically for us and everything we need, man, it's crazy that we're getting this stuff done. So hopefully, you know, I'll put it this way. The fact that this is all happening is the best evidence that we are winning, that success is not only possible, but it's happened before, it's happening now, and it's going to continue happening. So that's good news for, for, it's a very optimistic thing, I, I think. Definitely. And I also want to add, because someone super chatted this, that I am in fact a Pokemon. He
1: is,
2: yes. Uh, it's a Pokemon called very Timpole. Cute. Literally, it's called Aww. Timpole. <laughs> and cute? it's the uh, Pokemon wearing headphones. Kind of looks like you. It does, doesn't <laughs> it? And it's got the same colors. <laughs> same Isn't that eyebrows? weird? Yeah. Isn't Whoa. that
1: really weird?
4: <laughs> Who came first?
1: I love him. Uh,
2: Tim Poole was made uh, well before I was using... The, it, it's really crazy. The colors we use for TimCast, the the, the name Tim Poole.
1: Simulation.
2: And, yeah, simulation for sure. <laughs> hmm. But I... So, like, th- we use the teal and the black as
5: the colors on the website. He swims. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's
4: yeah. weird. Tim
2: oh, Poole. Maybe the true pole? version yes, of you
5: here. in the alternate reality, a part of this <laughs> larger kind of uh, consciousness that we're a part of, We're just kind of trolling i don't cute.
2: know but somebody 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 super chatted they're like why didn't you tell us that you were a uh pokemon, pokemon. A and i was like other people have sent us the, th- <laughs> this before tim pole
6: tim Pol. Wow. that's weird so weird yeah it's like well, a tadpole i guess yeah yep so cute uh, well you're, that's that's you're even the right water sign how funny yeah
2: that is and i'm a pisces
6: yeah exactly as i'm saying yeah, yeah you're a oh. That's crazy. funny I love so it. do
2: we live in a simulation pick up your copy of copy of the inverted world book and That's read it right. perfect that. look at that Invertedworldbook.com. <laughs> yep. uh one thing we can do though is we can jump over to the super chats Yes. if you right. haven't already smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends and um Ian couldn't be with us tonight so I need you to smash that like button for him, mm. so I him. Ian wherever you may be we're smashing that like button for you. No, right. he, he went home to see his family. It's not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> sort
5: of He'll be back. We should have said there was a fight. and like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Already it got got him. bad. It got crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Ian left. We don't know where he went. Yeah.
2: But he right. said, he, he, we got a mysterious message that said, I'll only come back if you get 10,000 likes. And we were like, how do we oh, oh, oh jeez. <laughs> no, there was, it was a letter and it was like, get 10,000 likes or you'll never see Ian again. <laughs> oh, it was like a ransom note. Okay. Tim pole. <laughs> Tim pole. <laughs> Tim pole. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. All right. Let's see. Drive-by commenter says, hey, Tim, a quick response you can say on CRT is, I agree with teaching all history, but I reject the deliberate polarization and weaponization of the youth in their formative years. Yeah, it's it's hard for people who don't know what's going on to understand. That's why, like, you know, we're talking with RA. I said, I don't think critical race theory should be banned. He goes, but you were cheering for it. And I was like, we're cheering for the banning of the praxis. Like, it's, I, I imagine this should be simple for most people. Would you want a teacher to tell a child to, you know, oh, you, you you failed your test, so I want you to, you know, sit down and, and do seven Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. You'd be like, I don't think that should be in a public school because it's a religious practice. I feel the exact same way about that. Mm-hmm. If, if there was a bill being passed that said, or if I found out all these teachers across the country were, bring out books that said sit down and, and close your eyes and reflect on how, you, how you've, you know, sinned, and how you need to confess to the Lord and do all these religious things? I'd be like, nah, I'm not okay with that. Right? That's that's a public school, and there's there's issues with that. Same thing, can't have it. They can't have whatever they want, you know. Rekra Morrison says. So when's the sequel song? Will of the Elites. I have a new song. I'm extremely excited for. I don't. You know what? I think I can tell the story of the song right now. Because right, normally, I, like when we did Will of the People, I waited for it to come out so people can get the full song because the this, 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 the the song is a, a story. But the song I'm working on now, I'll give you the really quick version, so it'll it'll spoil it for a lot of. No, I'm not going to do it. Don't do mm-hmm. it. I don't want to spoil it. Don't spoil it's it. It's really good though. But spoil I'll tell everything. you the gist of it. It's uh, it's not a dark and evil song like you know. It's 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 just a song about perseverance. It's about uh, a kid who wants to defy the 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 establishment that's trying to mold him to be what they want him to be, but he really wants to just be like, you know, he he wants to be a scientist. He wants to explore. He wants to find his own path in life. So that's basically it. But it's a really good story that, I, that 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 I wrote, and I've got the video planned out for it. The song is is already mostly formulated. So, and then we're also actually done. We're, we're getting really close to being done with one song, which is uh, fairly dark, called "Bright Eyes," which you may have seen in the vlog. You can check that out. We got Pete Parada Lang drum tracks for us. I could not be more excited about that as a huge fan it's of the incredible. Offspring, growing up, and then yeah. having Pete, you know, uh, help us with the drums is just absolutely incredible. Pete, you rock! Thank you so much all right let's read what we got here the physicality channel says i'm not that guy which, which guy <laughs> <laughs> what
6: which, talking about. which guy is he referring to i don't know i have no idea
2: daniel Caven says tim i am 25 percent japanese and it was always my leftist friends that would say it doesn't count i am the same age as you and when i fly i get pulled also it was it's the weirdest thing that like i, I don't know man that you have people who say there's no possible way you could experience racism and then they claim they're not the racists mm-hmm. it's just weird anyway Alan DeJane says, if one wants to ask others to relate to their struggles, they must give credence to other struggles. Understanding works best as a two-way lane. And uh, uh shout out to Vosh again, because he made a really great point. He said, when someone tells you their experience, you do not call them a liar or deny it.
6: Why would you ever?
2: Because they are the experts on them. You always say, okay, and, or okay, but, yes. and you carry on accepting, you know, Unless you, he was like, unless you can means test and prove they're making a story up. If someone says this is what they went through, then you accept it.
4: What happened to speaking your truth? Right. right. <laughs>
2: well, it's because that, that, that's why I say a lot of these people are just overtly racist. But I, I, I will say too, in that capacity, I do think Vosh is an overt authoritarian masquerading as a libertarian, and that is not meant to be a, po- like a, a point of derision or, or disrespect. It's just a fa- an opinion based statement of how I view him. And it was because he made a troll video where he was saying it was bait that he said Assange should rot in a CIA black site as long as it offends Glenn Greenold or whatever. And I just, I understand he may be joking or, or screwing around or whatever, but I'm just like, uh, I, I genuinely, I, I don't actually trust that he's joking in that capacity. I don't think he, he's, he's, he's as, um, being as literal as he wants Julian Assange to die in a, in a CIA black site, but I genuinely do not believe he supports Julian Assange. And I got to be honest, overwhelmingly if you oppose what assange did it is typically because you're an authoritarian and what assange did was journalism that's just it so i i I don't trust him
4: authoritarians hate transparency
2: absolutely because it disrupts the authority you know daniel kaisau says my first super chat i believe you guys are the future both your show and your ideas shout out to knowles's book you know the thing and be strong walruses (laughs) nathaniel curry says i'm not that guy Smash the like button, y'all. That's right. That's right. If you are not that guy, smash that like button. I want to say something, too. Look, afterwards, you know, there, there are people who are like, Tim, why would you apologize to that guy? And I'm like, because I don't want to fight people because I'm trying not to have conflict. And because I, I I recognize we disagree and we both got mad. And I said this earlier. I take full responsibility for everything that happened last night. Why? I, I believe that I should not invite people into my house who are going to disagree with me and then have me get mad at them and yell at them for it. I can get mad at them. I can disagree with them. I can, I can, I can get mad. But if I ask someone to come here because I'm going to talk politics with them and they don't like my politics, I should not be, I should not be raising my voice about that. You know, I, I, I do, I do think there's some criticism to go to R.A. for calling me a bitch and laughing at me and raising his voice to me. And then he got mad when I did the same. But I think I have an obligation as the host who's asked them to do me the favor of traveling Coming on my show for free, helping me do a show, and then me getting mad at them? Uh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that.
6: So it's one of my personal pet peeves when other people try to tell you what you think. This is something that happens a lot on the internet. It happens to me in real life. I once mentioned that I had a hard time dealing with people from a certain state. Someone contradicted me. And I was like, I'm telling you what's happened to me. What's going on? Why are you telling me that I'm wrong with what I'm telling you about what happened to me? This is just what I've experienced. One of the things that you can't say is true or false is what has happened to someone else or what their opinion is. That is not something that is falsifiable in any manner. You can't just contradict someone. And people don't even know what they think themselves. They're very bad at communicating what they themselves are feeling. So to tell someone you know what they're thinking or feeling, get out of here. And I
2: want to make something clear, too, is the weirdest thing. There's two there's two important points. I did say this earlier, but I'll say it again. That... Uh, There's people on the left and the right saying, the left is saying Tim was a coward and look how fast he backed down when RA, you know, stood up and put him in his place. And there's people on the right saying, damn, Tim didn't even flinch. He kept his cool. And my response is neither of those apply to the circumstances because I don't think anyone here thought RA was actually going to attack anybody. No. He just got mad and he smacked the mic. Yeah. So there's nothing for me to be scared of. I didn't think like I feel like it's a weird insult to RA to imply that he was he was th- going to lose his cool and attack us. I, I I do not believe that for a second. Right. So I wasn't being brave, I wasn't being scared. I literally was just like the dude stood up and hit the mic. Didn't come after anybody. And I do want to stress this point too that's really weird. There's people on the left saying that I didn't understand what he was saying when he said I'm not that guy. And I'm like, why do you think I apologized to him? I told him you are that guy. I know exactly what that meant. It was an insult. I was directly insulting him, saying that he 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 was he was, was going to sit back and take it, and I I, I called him a mother effer and I I said bad words and I, I was like, bro, I should not have snapped like that. So I fully recognize I was being disrespectful to a guy inv- I invited to come on my show to do me a favor, and that was wrong of me. That that's just right there. So some people are like, Tim, don't back down. No, dude, I I I I have to say this, plainly, if the goal of this show is to ask people to come on for free and then we run a business we make money and we hire people and we expand you know these people are all doing me a favor so i can i can accept that if i invite someone here they might not like me or or agree with me i should not raise my voice at them
4: and he ended with a hug ended with a hug and he wrote a nice thing on twitter that's right we both like that
2: that i knew and, and he said like they're gonna take that clip and then that's why the first thing first thing I wake up and I see was trending. I'm like, yeah, here we go. I was like, no one's posting that we hugged, man. Like right, we hugged for like a good twenty seconds, <laughs> right. and we were both like, I'm sorry, dude. We we you know that should and, be the shirt. And, yeah. and people too. There was a lot of disrespect for him, bro. Mm-hmm. Like as a skateboarder, as as you know, he he's got that that song, King of the Underground, and Tony Hawk's Underground. We know Ari the rugged man, dude. Yeah.
4: That song is awesome. Absolutely.
2: And I just, we just wish
3: I was there. I wanna, I wanna s- sit face to face with a white man telling me about the black experience and calling me a racist <laughs> and calling me a white supremacist I and saying, yeah. yeah. I just let's make that happen. I love when I get in these situations and it doesn't happen often because <laughs> usually they'll they'll understand before they talk to me. Like, yeah, she's probably not the best person to <laughs> you know white explain about the black experience to. But occasionally it will happen. Usually on Twitter. Um, when you're not face to face with somebody, but I would just love to sit down with somebody who is so I, deluded, like, I, yeah.
5: I think we needed another thriller in Manila, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with other people who are gonna come on, I think, I, I think there deserves to be a redemption moment and a moment where we could converse about this, mm. um, and give it another try where we could try to understand each other with other people involved. That would be the yeah. best outcome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: Ian, Shop says, hey, Tim and crew ended up checking out Vosh's take on the viral clip. And given he didn't see the two prior hours, he had a good take overall. But his comment section was gross. A Mm. non-trivial portion just criticized your personal appearance. (laughs) Well, that's because they're jealous. Well, yeah, of course. Over the past (laughs) several months, I've been doing keto and I've lost a good amount of weight. That's That's right. And I've been skating. You know what? You know, It's, it's really incredible. You get your diet right. It's not even about losing weight. It was It was about me realizing that we talk bad about sugar all day, every day. And I was eating trash. I was like, during the day, I'd be like, oh, you know, I'll get something good, like some rice and beef or something. And then at night, I'd be like, what's one pack of gummy bears? Yeah. What's one stroop waffle? It's no are. big mm-hmm. deal. Right. It's just one soda. I was good all day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I did this. I was, and, and now I'm just like, I'm not touching any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's great. The worst thing I had today was a hot dog. <gasps> I actually ate the bun. <gasps> that's right. Whoa. But it was like, you know, I'm, I, I have substantially reduced just – Bad stuff in my diet. I still eat some bad stuff. We had pizzas. I just took the cheese and I ate the cheese. That's the way know. to do it. Cause yep. I'm like, I, I can't walk. And we had, but we have keto pizzas. We have Quest keto pizzas. pizzas? I put Jardinera on it.
4: Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. keto cookies too. Yeah. I had one of those
2: last yeah, time those I was really here good. at the
3: Quest pizza. It was actually pretty we are, good. We are not
2: sponsored by Quest in any way, but. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. love but that we stuff, dude. Love it's stuff. so good. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Let's see. KM says Michael Graves instead of Danzig. Whack. Uh, Michael Graves couldn't make it. He'll unfortunately
6: eventually eventually to reschedule yeah we
2: were really excited but you know these last minute things they, these, that, that exactly. that's why we're like we never announce guests right. and i said it i was like we don't normally do this but michael graves is coming and then he's like i can't make it dude and i'm like uh, uh, yeah. uh your mom says when are the friday night music jams come jams coming back Ooh. wait until we get this the the uh the new space set up at damstan it's gonna be awesome oh yeah Friday night. What what I wanted to do was actually have semi members only uh, Friday nights. So what we would do is, here's what I'm thinking for the next year. By the by March we should have the building. By maybe May we should have the studio. So we're we're talking about end of next spring, getting into next summer. What we can do is on Friday night shows. After the show ends, we keep it going live, and we have about 20 uh, website members who can sign up for tickets or put on a wait list for them, and then. You get invited out to come hang out. You That's
5: know, right. have, or have do a, a concert, concert outside with thousands of people coming in.
2: We'll do that, but we can't do no. that every Friday. You know, so it would be like twenty to thirty people in this big space hanging out as like a mixer with drinks and snacks and some music, and then we'll film the music. But maybe like once a month or every other Once month. a month Raver. <laughs> big Raver. <Yeah. laughs> Outdoor stage. Yes. We'll get like a big band. Like like legit you know, we'll hire a legit big band and we'll have tons of people, but that requires a ton of comedians. Logistics. Y'all, yeah, definitely, dude, yeah. definitely. We're super stoked on working with Ryan Long because that dude is a genius. Oh, he's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to
3: see him when I was in California like a month ago. He was Sweet. hilarious. He's yeah. great.
2: Absolutely fantastic. All right, let's see. James Gross says, "I saw the RA show from yesterday this morning, and he was hammering the Black experience as a topic. Got me wondering if you'd consider it, consider asking Anthony Brian Logan on the show. I'm not familiar with him oh, with he an he's awesome person. He's yeah?
6: great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's great. his
4: what's his what's his bit?
6: What do you
4: say, Shane? He just covers the culture war, I think, He's and uh, like he
6: sees it. yeah, not super biased. He wears either. great hats. He does, yeah, <laughs> that's also true. He's
2: fantastic. He's really smart.
1: He's
2: cool. Yeah, yeah. Bob Samarczyk says, as a Slavic person of color, I'm personally offended by the white privilege de- demonstrated by tonight's panel.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> wow! Damn right.
5: <laughs> I should have been leading the show here. <laughs> this should be Rootcast. <laughs> yeah, Luke. Luke, Luke.
2: But, but Luke, are you uh, what percentage Polish are you? Are you 100 percent? 100 percent. You're 100 percent. Wow. Yeah. That I'm about is, 40% Polish, oh. though. Oh, So you're mixed race. So, yeah, still, I am. Like, <laughs> Irish, too. I'm <laughs> here. You're like yeah. down here <laughs> in the <laughs> total <photo laughs> pole. <home. laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, to I don't know, actually. That would make Shane mixed race. So yeah. there's less it's mixed race people know. than... But you. I'm totally
5: yeah. Slavic.
3: So if I'm half I'm black totally and you're a whole, hundred. you're 100% black. <laughs> this 100%. is the beauty <laughs> of intersectionality. I know, no, I'm 100%. I just want <laughs> yes. to know who's more impressed. Right, I'm right here. Who can break <laughs> right. down, is there, is
2: there, me? is there like a chart breaking down yeah, the I'll quadrants? That chart. Yeah, we yeah, need American this. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah.
5: Or do oh, we just, we don't try to get in between, between me and my people's <laughs> struggles. My
4: family left Poland too. You just fought them.
5: No, I left Poland. Yeah. That's right. You left Poland. I left Poland. right. That's real. I left New York. I mean... Well, that yeah. <laughs> that's Poland of today.
6: Poland 2.0, yeah.
5: The Poland's Nova, actually re- doing really good now. That's really This
2: is, this yeah. is a good one. Nova Carrillo says, Vosch's take on the RA video. Quote, Look, Tim Pool is a conservative, and that means by necessity you're going to be a racist. Exactly. R- I think Vosch needs mm. to just watch the show. Mm.
3: He would benefit, yes. <laughs> what does Vosch think of black conservatives if black people can't be racist?
2: I don't think he he believes that. I don't think he believes it.
3: But oh, I okay. Yeah, him,
2: like yeah. we, we, we've actually had really good conversations. And I think for the most part on the core of issues, we agree, but on reality, he lives in a left bubble. Like I actually pulled up, I, I, I pulled up proof of that with mm-hmm. ground news showing, you know, like what 80, 85% of his interaction is all left wing media. So I don't, I don't think he actually knows the perspective of us or people on the right. So he can certainly understand the, like the things that the left are doing that he disagrees with that are fund, are principally wrong. But he doesn't understand what our opinions are because he doesn't he, – like when he came here, he was like, you're far right. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, Have you ever listened to what I've had to say? I was like, I can understand someone calling me a moderate centrist or even center right if they want to make an argument. But like far right and even conservative?
3: Not only has he listened to you, but he's never listened to a far right person then. Right. If he's right. actually mm. saying that.
2: Yeah. And what does far right sure. really mean?
4: I don't Nothing know. Nothing anymore.
2: It doesn't mean anything. Nothing. They're like laissez-faire capitalists yeah. or are they Nazis? Right. Liberal doesn't know.
4: mean anything either. You yeah. know classical liberal but people I know, might see that just, and think that's far right depending on where man. you're standing on the spectrum
2: all right i gotta address it really now says not gonna lie last night was the first time i disliked a Timcast. that guest was dumb well i'll put it this way um you are free to dislike all of our videos if you believe the video and the substance of the content we produce deserves to be disliked but i will push back and say if you dislike the content we produce like you you click the button because you disagree with the guest well that hurts us right that that hurts us in the long run so my attitude is like, I think it was good that we had RA on the show and we had this discussion and heated debate because I don't want to be in an echo chamber. I want to bring on guests that that argue with us and challenge us. And I thought it was actually a fantastic example of everything I disagree with when it comes to wokeness. And so I thought that was, that was good. I thought it was good. And some people even pointed out, you got to hear me, Luke, and, and Lydia and Ian express our ideas on issues more in depth than we normally would because we usually don't have someone there presenting those arguments. So I think it's, it's good. And if you like the show, then you give us a like. If you don't like a particular show, just because whatever, feel free to give us a dislike. Eric Miller says, maybe wokeness isn't a cult, but an infection. And they're just mindless super spreaders. I think R.A. was just trapped in a CRT bubble to the point he just straw manned all night. Mm-hmm. Be re- uh, but respect for showing up. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and you, Lydia, you sent him video. So he knew exactly. Yeah.
1: that was. But think, I think I think the
2: problem was that was his only exposure to the show. So like he didn't see the, the seven or eight videos I made saying that Chauvin was wrong. Right. He saw only the court trial videos where I was like, whoa, the prosecutors dropped screwing this case up like crazy. And it looks like on the merits a manslaughter case. He didn't like that. But he didn't see anything else I said, anything else I reported on. It's funny when people are like, when have you ever spoken up about what happened with George Floyd? And I'm like, here's five video links to my yeah, videos. Yep. And people are like, oh, whoa, I didn't know that. I'm uh, like, just watch my show, dude. Mm-hmm. Don't get your news from memes. Yeah. I'm more than a meme. People get their news from memes, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? Okay. Daniel Irving says, part of the problem is that most people that scream racist have never seen an actual racist. And I love it how yesterday I kept calling R.A. racist and the left was like, upset about it. They were like, how dare he? And I'm like, I don't know, it's kind of weird because like.
6: Technically correct. He's, he, yeah, he's
2: a white dude, right? Isn't he inherently racist and he can do no, he can do no, he, like he has <laughs> to, know, right? yeah. uh, he has to accept his racism and mm-hmm. bow down to CRT and all that stuff. Alright, let's see if we got some other uh what is this? Joshua All Britain says, Can I please get a business shout out for Papa All Britain's Florida Cow Whips? Huh. Hope you received and liked the whip I made for you. I'm trying to sell enough to earn 4k for tuition for trucking
5: school. Oh, oh very gosh. cool. Oh my we gosh. Is this
6: the guy that sent the whip? Cause we we got I got freaking w- love whips. My dad used to have one and I still oh. know how to work one and I love awesome. it. It's awesome.
5: This is a family friendly show, Linda,
3: please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. just okay. I just thought that was like a racist whip. dog whistle. I, oh. like, mm. <laughs> I don't know about that know. one, Lydia. <laughs> no, it was, it was really well made. It's really well oh, tightly I'm sure braided.
6: Yeah, okay. All right, Olivia. Calm down. Calm down. Okay. The show's taking a great turn.
3: I'm just saying. I had to bring uh, it there.
6: Thanks, Olivia. All right, Luke, calm down.
2: Okay. Zorork Graft says, Bro, R.A. is so far gone that last year he made a statement saying he was a better rapper than Eminem. Ooh. The full amount of delusion is understandable now. Um, well, I don't know about being better than Eminem, but I will
5: say... He's actually really good. He's pretty good. Did you you, you see Eminem's like rap against Trump? I mean, there's an argument Mm. to make there. And and (laughs) his latest, Eminem
2: made an anti woke rap that was just not really that good. Eminem's had 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 good stuff in the back and and, in the past, but look, just because you guys don't like the the argument we got into, and you and and I'm critical of the guy, I legit think you got to watch his stuff because he is really good at what he does. But I think even he said it. That one of the things that held him back from bigger fame and notoriety was that he was a hothead, yep. and that you know there are stories about him, like you know, being really dis- disrespectful and angry with producers and, and, and companies, and so that you know kept him away from bigger stuff. But he's still really big and really famous. And like, I'm not, I'm not, I, I legit mean it. He's got a, he's got a video criticizing the media.
5: It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. His
4: Twitter feed is like free Assange. Yeah, freedom yeah. of speech stuff I was like it's nothing like what I was well, seeing he's yesterday. an amazing
5: lyricist oh he, yeah he worked with Biggie he worked with Wu-Tang he yep. worked yeah. with uh, uh, Mob Deep so I mean he's been around Dude, for he, a very long time
2: but, but there, there's a video I mean he he's a good rapper man yeah. he's, he's good now, if he wants to come out and say he's better than Eminem and stuff, I just feel like it's a little bit arrogant, I guess. But maybe
5: that's maybe he was battle for tro- that. Maybe he was trolling, I right? Or know, it's like
2: just it's just the hip hop, you know, stuff like he's gonna, you know, create kind of beef yeah. or whatever or whatever. I don't know. But no. don't don't judge a person's talents based on their opinion, their political opinions. Because I'll tell you this: Chris Evans has got a, a, a garbage bag full of trash opinions in my in my view. But I think he, he's a. I think he's a great actor. I thought he did a really great job in Knives Out. I like. I thought the movie was great. Mm. A little woke, but you know, still a pretty mm. good movie. And 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 you know, I don't know. We can separate art from the artist. Yep. Right. All right. Let's grab some more of these super chats here. Brendan does says the salty cracker is being banned on Rumble right now. If Dave Rubin is defending Rumble's recent business changes, ask him directly why such a freedom centered and outspoken individual is being canceled at this very moment. Why is Salty Cracker being banned on Rumble? Don't know anything about him. Yeah.
5: I don't know that channel. Well, I guess uh, uh,
2: I don't know a lot about the core substance of what, what their views are. I know that these uh, the, the Salty crew, they come in the chat all the time oh, yeah. and they're shouting them out and everything like that. Mm. But I, I honestly, I can't say that I care. I don't think Rumble should be censoring anybody. Yeah. Anybody. Yep. I don't know, man. Let the but law uh, handle it, right?
5: Yeah. Let, the, let the government, let the if law. If it's legal. Let the, if exactly. It's, if it's legal speech, allow it
2: there 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 i think there are issues about not having to promote st- certain things like rumble's got a front page where it's like podcasts and other shows that they right. they, they editorial they, they editorially you know promote i don't think you're entitled to that i don't think i'm entitled to that if my content can be on rumble and people can go find it through the url and search for it and there's no shadow banning they don't have to market me but actively removing stuff they should not be doing that nope Mm-mm. But we'll see. We're we're we're, uh, we're we're talking with the with the guys over at Rumble. Maybe we'll have um someone from the Rumble team come out here and, and do a show with us and talk about all this I'll stuff. Try. I think yep. that'd be very great. And we have some ideas. Look, uh, Rumble is a net positive, a huge net positive. Everything that's going on with Rumble is 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 great. It's good. I just feel like it's short term, not a long term solution, mm-hmm. and so I'm worried about it. And I think I, I will say this too, as far as it goes with Rumble, the criticisms that I've had are mostly about. What might end up happening to Rumble? That is bad for us. But I will say, everything happening now is, is 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 a net positive. You know, competition for for Silicon Valley and all that stuff is a good thing. All right, Derek Watkins says Senate version of the NDAA change Section Seven Sixteen, allowing natural immunity, and Section Seven Twenty, allowing general under honorable conditions, meaning military members can lose GI Bill education benefits. Whoa! Yeah. See, this is what I thought. This is what I thought. Tony Gillard says Luke is a JoJo fan. I'm offended and amazed. I definitely need that shirt.
1: Hmm. I thought I, I thought it was an anime reference.
5: No, no, it's it's a very deep reference very deep. to the uh, politically understanding. Yeah. If you watched the show, we made a reference to uh, this, uh, you know, JoJo saying, and you really got to be deep in the weeds to understand this one. So this is a carefully curated shirt for mm-hmm. the people who are in the know. Really now, says it wasn't
2: the argument. He's he uh, he he drove me nuts. He provided no sources. They didn't like the way he spoke, but I don't. I he had a Brooklyn accent. Whatever. Yeah. Well. One, well. I'll tell you this. Well. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. I I don't want to beat a dead horse. I'm just gonna be saying the same thing I said already. Ashley Parrish says Timcast IRL is becoming popular here in Houston suburbs. Had two different cars pull up next to me tonight with it blasting from their speakers. Wow. wow that's crazy. That's funny. I, I, it's it's so weird. To be on Twitter and, like, I was trending nationwide. Weird. And I'm just like, I don't like that. Weird, what's Va- Vosh had a really funny tweet. Uh, it was a meme where it, it was like... I can't remember, it, it was a meme where it was like, I fear nothing, but there's one thing that really scares me, and then it like, he, you know, whatever that meme is, and it pointed to, it said trending Vosh, and I'm like, I know that feeling. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to know why people, are, why I'm trending. What are they, what are they talking you about? I like, didn't even
3: Talk see about. the Ari stuff until like a few hours ago, and so when I like woke up and saw the message from Liz, I can come on, and I see you trending, and I see Go the boy. clips, so I was like, <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's a trap. <laughs> oh,
2: no, we were going to have Michael Graves on, but he couldn't come, so we were like, who can come at such short notice, who's yeah, nearby so or whatever. Nearby. The
3: afterthought, Olivia. Yeah. Yeah. I was downstairs <laughs> drinking. That's true. Yeah. Next yeah, yeah,
2: actually, here. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Ian, Ian wasn't here either. And I was like, who's available right now? We've got yeah. no guests, and Ian's gone too. Yeah. And then I was like, oh well, Shane, you got yeah. a book?
4: Yeah. Why don't you come up and hang yeah. out? <laughs> and shout out to Chris Carr for yes? these drinks. Awesome.
2: Yeah. We, we, had, we had a Christmas party. There was a secret Santa. We went to a local pizza place and got wings and pizza. It was awesome. Chris Carr, who's the executive editor for TimCast.com, made a bun. He made the Grinch, the Santa, and the Rudolph drinks, and it's all very heavy alcohol. I can't drink. It's I great. tasted it, and I was like, Argh! It's
4: <laughs> strong. And he edited this book. That's right.
5: Yep. And art art by uh, Jessica. Jessica Boone. That's right. I got a crazy gift by Jessica. She gave me like a portrait of me with a firearm, a cowboy hat, and glasses, (laughs) and this like crazy cool like Burning Man like hat that's like all weird I thought that was a $20 limit. Uh yeah. like she she said she said she went to the Salvation Army. She uh, said she stole it. Uh, uh, not oh. to the Salvation Army, she uh, like like Goodwill or whatever, and then she found it there for for cheap, and then the she drew of the photo. And oh, then, I see, which is pretty
2: cool. I was saying her labor is worth more than twenty dollars. Oh, oh $8, yeah, $8, absolutely. Like She's that's, great. That's she does great. she does amazing work. Did yep. you post it yet? The photo? Did no, post not it? yet. You gotta I post it on Instagram. Mm. All right, let's grab some more of these here super chats. I'll post it
5: tonight on uh,
2: Luke We Are Change. Some Norwegian guy says you should have Gad Såd on sometime. Isn't he in Canada?
6: He is. Mm. He He's has trapped. an open invitation, but uh, we didn't want to do long distance like a Zoom yeah, call. Yeah, I don't want to do Zoom. So. Yeah, we don't do Zoom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. IRL. It doesn't
2: really work. It's you IRL. Know, yeah, it's it is. <laughs> Originally, it was IRL, it was going to be a vlog. And then it was IRL because we were doing like I don't know in person interviews or whatever. In but life. we've never done remote stuff.
5: I don't want to do remote stuff. It doesn't have the same feel. It doesn't have the same you know. energy power. and vibes. Like imagine yesterday's conversation over like a Zoom call that was not been good. It, be it was crazy. not. There's yeah.
2: no magic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did. Um. I, I was on Ben Shapiro's show. That's, I think it was a Sunday special earlier in the year, and we had to record it because we don't. We didn't have that good of internet at the time. I recorded it and then I had to have the, the memory card driven. Yeah, we drive some, it up. There. Drive it somewhere not not to Bench Pier, but we drove it somewhere with internet that mm. took like half an hour and then upload it. And then they basically took the recordings and then overlaid them. Mm. But it wasn't the same. It was like there was a a a a I don't know. It just yeah. doesn't it doesn't no work as well. Yeah. This is energy. There's no energy, yeah. you know. Um, I'm looking forward to when we get a chance. We, we, we've, we've actually been trying to figure out, um, having Ben Shapiro come on. Yeah. Cause we are big fans and mm. I think it would be a really amazing conversation. But of course the dude is one of the busiest guys on the planet and you can't ask someone not to do their show to do your show. It just is a weird thing. But we are actually planning on spending a week at the Daily Wire HQ. We were planning it actually in November, but we just couldn't make it work. It was very difficult. And then we ended up going to Austin because with, you know, we had a week to build this mobile studio, and then by then the plans for for you know uh, for Nashville didn't make sense. But we're thinking maybe in January, depending on the weather, because we don't want to be driving a trailer through snow and mountains and stuff. We might go to Nashville, which is not too far from here. I think it's like nine hours, and then hang out just outside the Daily Wire headquarters and do a week long show with the Daily Wire crew, and then maybe even if if Ben's in town, have him pop in like Joe did. And then do another insane Tuesday episode where we have nine people all yelling at each other and yes. all the guys from the Daily Wire. That was great. That yeah. that was that, one of our biggest shows ever. And I'm so uh, – it was just amazing. It was just ridiculous and, and, and great. All right. Let's read some more. Ethan Randall says, did y'all already cover the Sixth Circuit Court ruling on vaccine mandate? Which one was that?
6: So many rulings. I don't know. Yeah, I don't
2: know which there one was that was. There was one out
6: of California I saw. That
2: might I'm be the sure. one that reinstated it, I think. Yeah, I
6: think they reinstated it.
2: Gemini writer says, would you consider having Tom McDonald on the show?
6: Of course. Open yes. invitation. Yes.
2: Tom's awesome. Uh, I've spoken to him a couple times. He's a rad dude. Z-A-F. He's a one. A.F. Yes, exactly.
4: Z-Z. Tom versus R.A.? Oh, yeah.
2: No, they're friends. Yes. They're oh, good okay. friends. okay.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, like in a talk.
1: Oh, I mean,
2: that'd be a cool. Nice debate between two friends. I feel like Those that ones might ones help yeah. simmer things down and get a real conversation going too, especially considering they are friends. Yeah. And, I, and, and, you know, Ooh, we, we don't sure. know where
5: Tom is though, on that kind of. Yeah. You know. Debate. Doesn't matter. Be, yeah, it doesn't be matter. a good
4: conversation. Yeah,
1: great. Yeah,
2: Tom's rad. Yeah, I like him. amazing music. But I think I think you look at this his music, you kind of know where he is. You get hints, he but he kind of rags on everybody.
4: But he, he definitely has great. a band. good. Yeah, yeah, as you should. This,
2: this is what I like. <laughs> when I went to Joe Rogan's show a couple of years ago, he ragged on everybody, and everybody laughed. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Pie. The Jonathan Pie show I saw with him and Andrew Doyle was legit the funniest comedy performance I've ever seen, hmm. hands down. I was. I was physically in pain from <laughs> laughing. I'm not kidding. It was like, man. A, a Andrew Doyle is the, the dude who does the Titanium McGrath Twitter, the, yeah. the fake woke. Oh, yes.
1: yeah.
2: It was yeah. so – I saw it in, I saw him perform in New York, and the beats were just so on point that I was laughing harder and harder and harder. And we're then I was Andrew. like <clears> – <throat> Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome to have Andrew. We're going uh, to. Oh, okay, yeah, as cool. soon as we oh, figure sweet. out how to get him over from
6: the UK. Yeah, everyone's
2: mm. trapped in their countries, mm. man. Mm. Man, I really want to get Sargon too. Yes, Sargon and, and Count Dankula, man. You guys yeah. got to come down. We both have
6: kids. Well, they're talking about
5: doing another two week lockdown in the United I'm, Kingdom. I'm, yep. now, which is crazy. Oh, my God.
2: We, gotta oh. get, we gotta get. We, guys, we gotta get. Guys, you gotta play Just to escape. Refugees. Come
5: to Florida, <laughs> New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a new life. Seriously, Canada's part
2: of the Commonwealth or whatever. You can just go there, right? No, don't go to Canada. You don't want to go there. Well, at least New Hampshire, no. Once they get. There, then they can come here yeah, yeah. Flee. flee new Hampshire
5: borders canada True. look at
2: this logan doherty says i honestly thought last night was one of the best shows thus far although i was getting super heated it was amazing content and a great conversation a lot of people didn't like it but it is our most engaged with set member segment ever it's it it resulted in this massive viral trend i do not pursue this kind of jerry springer type interactions a lot of people are like I got messages like, if you pursue this route with these like, you know, rage debates, and they're like, you'll be so big, and I'm like, no, no, we don't want any of that. Nope, nope. No, thank you, man. No. I, I never thought this operation would grow to what it is right now. I'm like in my living room with a GoPro 4 sitting on top of my monitor, and I'm talking about things for 10 minutes. And that's all I've ever been doing. And then it just kept growing and getting bigger and bigger, and now we have like 30 employees, there's a book on the shelf, written by Shane, edited by Chris, drawn by Jessica. Put together by this crazy, amazing team in this new studio. Now we've got a 7,500 square foot, 25 foot tall, uh, building being put together with a new studio. And I'm just like, how did all of this come together, man? Amazing. It's crazy.
4: Cause you're busy. But you, I'm just. Some of the hardest working fun, people here. Man. Yeah, I know. It's true. But everyone here is. Bro, how long did it working. take you to
2: get that book put together? Like, not outside so, of the in, writing.
4: Outside of the writing, putting up like you I, were, I talked to you about this two weeks ago. Yeah, I, you, but I was we like, talked about it when I first met you. But I did it in two weeks.
2: We were like oh, wow. two weeks ago. Dang. I was like, it'd be awesome if we can get a book done by Christmas. And you were like, I can do it. Done.
1: And then yeah. sitting right here done. on the you shelf. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's just working like crazy, man. So it's really but great. it's fun. It is fun. I'm loving it. It's super fun. Yeah. All right, we'll grab. uh We'll we'll grab one more. Incar- uh, Incarnation Art says, Tim, love you, man. Keep your head up. Would love to see Viva Frey, Viva Frey, and Rakeda, uh, Riketa Law on again. Did I pronounce those both wrong? Maybe. And I would love <laughs> to make it on one day to talk about the perspective of being mixed race and always being expected to choose. I hear you on that one, man. Yeah, it'd be really cool to get Viva and, and Rakeda on at the same be fun, time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, may, I, I don't know. It's really hard for, um, viva's in canada yeah. so it's like it's hard uh, where's rakeda he's in new york or yeah where's... he's
1: nearby he's okay. closer, i think yeah that'd
2: be absolutely fantastic and robert barnes again too oh yeah uh, maybe maybe with the kim potter trial or something yeah. like that we could yeah, have like a legal round table or something so uh you know we'll check it out and uh, to everybody else thanks for the super chats it's friday nights. So we're getting really close to the holidays so smash that like button if you want to support the show and this time smash it for luke Luke is sitting here, and he needs your likes. Smash that like button. <laughs> yeah, I don't Polish. need it. <laughs> <laughs> but but just
5: really quickly, if you want to support a real person of color's business, oh you can oh give my. me your money because of your white <laughs> guilt gracious. on LukeUncensored.com. You can also support me, of course, by just going to EnoughOfCensorship.com. People ask, what's the best way to support you? Signing up on the email list is one of the best things you guys could do, since, of course, it's not a part of the big tech. So thank you guys so much for having me on. It was a blast. It's fun. I always just love being here for the conversations and it's it's always uh surprising mm-hmm, that's <laughs> yeah. and awesome
2: don't forget go to timcast.com become a member as well if you want to help support our work directly you can also go to uh and follow us at timcast.irl and of course right now type in open a new tab and type in invertedworldbook.com and shane can tell you all about it
4: first of all thank you for giving me the opportunity Oh no problem, man. Thanks for making it. It's a dream. I mean this is I've had so much fun. I started this book on June twentieth this year. The first sentence was written down the road. Right after I met you. That's so awesome. And uh two hundred and seventy five pages. Two hundred and seventy five pages later. I talk about simulation theory uh and ghosts that I've may or may not have encountered (laughs) reaching through the simulation. Uh I've tracked a serial killer in Long Island. Which our uh, third and final part will air on Sunday morning on YouTube at 10 a.m. It's also on Apple and Spotify. And, uh, yeah, it's true crime, paranormal, aliens, people being abducted, chi- children being taken out of their rooms.
2: So that's invertedworldbook.com. That's right. But you're already getting started on the next book. That's right. Which I'm really excited for. Yeah. We it's, already it's, started it. This, this one's a bit of just like a collection of tales. Yeah. But the new, the next one is Ghosts of the Civil War, which, which yeah. is murder, conspiracies, lost gold, UFOs.
4: Yeah, this is like uh, the age of COVID paranoia and par- mm. and and the paranormal stuff as a going through it all. You know, because it
2: was it was just cool when you were telling me about the people down there and their like anger towards Sherman. Oh yeah, I wore like, a West
4: Point hat when I went down. there. That's where I grew up on a military base, right? And you know, all the all the Civil War generals came from yeah. there, so I thought it was a good middle ground. But the, Sherman's a bad word. But it's, but it's cool to everything. hear
2: that and then to hear these people, the stories, the, there's that like you guys got to understand, like the stuff. I don't want to spoil anything, yeah. but some of the creepy conspiracy stuff going on down there related to this stuff is
4: crazy. We've got a lot going on. I'm in tunnels under the city. Wow. I've got ground penetrating radar looking for skeletons. we got to get that one I'm like, the, uh, the first one's out. we got to get that one yeah. out. It's going to be so cool. Yeah. No. Six months, probably. Six months? Next book.
2: Yeah, dude. Yeah. The art's going to be fantastic. And then I'm excited for loosely. We're talking about this. The Chicago mafia. Oh, yeah. Ghost stories, Al Capone, Perfect. Bachelor's Grove. I'm it's going to be so, so amazing. Yep. You got social media you want to shout
4: out? Uh, I'm Shane Cashman everywhere. I also co-host a podcast called Ready Slow with Sean Strong. And I have a members only podcast I do in the old IRL studio. Uh, it's on Timcast.com. I do that every, that comes out every Sunday night. And, uh, check out the book, invertedworldbook.com.
2: Yeah, so actually, there's, on, on timcast.com, there's members only segments, uh, once a week about these stories that you've investigated. So some of them are crazy DMT aliens, but we are actually putting together an additional, uh, add-on to that, which I think, I don't know how, how where you guys are on that.
4: I think we're going to record it tomorrow.
2: Like, uh, so it's you and Chris Carr just generally talking conspiracies it's and upsets. of us. On the we screen. got Brett. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a whole new show, actually. Yeah. We're trying to figure out how to do it because we don't want it to, like, interfere with inverted world because they're similar yeah but this is the general conversation on just like general
4: mystery i think we're going to come with articles and we'll kind of discuss like a round table a very specific thing instead of me just kind of like spinning like this is
2: this is you investigating stories and telling these stories and this one is discussion of conspiracies and mysteries and stuff for sure it's gonna be awesome man awesome uh olivia you got stuff you want to shout out right
3: yeah, well, I've been a TimCast contributor for a few months. I have a new uh, article coming out shortly. I'm waiting for Chris to get back to me, but it's basically examining the history of uh, racism and anti-black, anti-blackness in the Democratic Party, how it affects people today, and why uh white liberals feel comfortable taking away black conservatives or black independents blackness for their own benefit so that should be out shortly I'm on all social media platforms O-L-I-V-I-A-R-O-N-D-E-A-U and I also have a baby YouTube channel if you guys want to subscribe Aww. to that too it's under my name as well
2: Sweet. Thanks for coming. Been thank a you blessed.
3: so
6: much. Thank you guys very much for tuning in for the newer, calmer version of Timcast where we reflect on our wild and crazy days yesterday. It was very fun and exciting and we, I feel like we learned a lot and I feel like we had a good conversation. So thank you all for tuning in then and for tuning in now. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patchlets.
2: Somebody said, did you hear Jack Murphy freak out on Sydney? I'm seeing those comments too. Oh what happened? I don't know, but so let's, let's, I'm, no. I'm, I'm,
6: I'm I don't so believe c- it. I don't believe it. They both have some Freak much out, it's
2: probably him arguing and it's like sure. not, I hope, I don't
5: know. We need sports and mandates. No, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. All right, everybody. We're <laughs> going to get out of here.
2: Have a good weekend. Love you, Jack. And, uh, Merry <laughs> Christmas everybody if we don't see you. We're only going to be doing Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday next week Correct. because Ian's not here. And Christmas. Luke's, I don't even think Luke's going to be here on Wednesday. No, ah! I'm not going to be here. It's just going to yep. be And me then again. I'm leaving on Thursday.
6: Yeah, I'm out too.
2: Um, yeah. All right. There we right. go. Merry Christmas if we don't see you. But we'll be back Monday. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then.
7: Bye, guys.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah,
0: oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. <laughs>